0: Listening to Fox Sports
1: Radio. Radio. Oh, let's go, stinking genius. Let's go. And my New York Knicks are kicking some booty. Let's go. Let's go. It's only the first half. Long way it's okay. to go.
0: Okay. Long way to go. Making a playoff run. Boy, we've gone a long way from Bing Bong and the Knicks are back, haven't we? I mean that bottom totally fell out of that. But congrats on the one night of relevance. Gotta feel Thank pretty you. good, when the, right?
1: When the Knicks were two and one, I was so excited. That was a long time ago. You,
0: you, you tend to get the uh, card a little bit ahead of the horse.
1: Yeah, I think that one I did, yeah.
0: It. Yeah, you, you, you tend maybe, Arnie, to get a little bit too juiced about your teams early on. <laughs> Have you noticed that, or is that just a, a, a me thing and noticing that so far? It, maybe, just maybe? Well, I already
1: like the way the Dolphins look for next year, so I see what you're saying.
0: <laughs> you know what? Um, I got to tell you something. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I've been sitting here thinking about the dolphins a lot today and the whole Chris Greer. Yeah. We're no longer interested in, in Deshaun Watson. I'm thinking to myself, that ain't your call, man. That's, that's fun. I'm glad that you think that, but I don't think you'll get the final call on that. So it's going to be fascinating. Stinking genius to see how that off season uh, plays out. But listen, Yes, I I know you're here to break down forty times and hand sizes.
1: Of course, the under you're all over you. And I and I got a bad thumb. I'm working. I'm working hard today. What I tell you, so? Danny
0: G. How long did I tell you that it would take for the thumb?
1: Wow, thumb? you
2: said two minutes
0: into the I show. Said two minutes into the show, Arnie will bring up his thumb. Go ahead. Tell everyone you're saying, did you tell the last night too? I told the last, I was playing right.
1: basketball and a guy just barreled into me and just smashed me. So I think I broke my thumb. So I didn't know what to do. So the doctor got back to me. You know, of course, when, when we have an injury, we reach out to our best friend, Dr. Chow. So I was talking to Dr. Chow and uh, not really much they could do for him. It looks like I reached my hand. Uh, I robbed the bank and I reached my hand into the money and, and like the blue pack went off. And there's blue stuff all over my hand now.
0: You know it's kind of wild about this, uh, kind of breaking down the fourth wall here with Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. Uh, Bobo is back, so it's awesome to have Bobo back after a week off, even though probably schedule-wise it worked better for him. Don't don't let him know that. Uh, Danny G is here tonight, as is Steve DeSegre on Updates. Uh, breaking down this fourth wall here on the show, uh, Arnie typically handwrites every single note for the show. Yeah. And he sends it to Danny and I, usually – in a very difficult-to-read yellow notepad that he takes a picture of. Again, old school, but it's fine. I can kind of read. It's like it's like chicken scratch. Somehow you were able to text but weren't able to write today. Am I getting this right?
1: Well, I, I can te- text with my, my pointer finger. I, I can't write without my thumb, though. But, I mean,
0: you're, you're still – so you're saying you're poking <laughs> – I almost said pecking, but that could yeah. be used out of context. You're basically poking every single letter – yeah. As you send it to me is what you're doing, right? Well, when I when
1: I text anyway, I never use my thumbs. What's wrong with you? You don't use your thumbs to text. No, no, I don't use my thumbs at all. I'm thumbless, uh, dude. Did you, this... Your thumb looks like a grape. Yeah, I, yeah, I know it's, really bad. it's it's pretty but, bad. Is it not or what? Oh my god, what, have you not gone to the doctor for this? It is. What bad. are they going to do? What do you think they're going to do? Tape when it up so older... you can't move it. The more you move it, you're going to make it worse. Um, I'm going to tape it up. Yes. Why what? Oh like, my God! Are you Arnie. an athlete? Have you ever played sports before? Yes, I have. Gosh! I talk to you. Who that's a sport every with? damn Sunday. Gosh! Well, I, I,
0: okay. Hold on. We bury the lead here. Yeah. You don't text with your thumbs? No, I don't. I don't text with my thumbs. So I mean, because he's old, he doesn't okay, know how. Okay. All right. Well, I just wanted to say because I mean, listen, if that's not a normal thing, I don't know about you guys, but the the phone is is with the pinky finger underneath, like where the charging area is. Um, I've got three fingers that are kind of supporting the back of it, and I'm always texting with my thumb. No, Isn't that no. like how normal, regular humans do it or no?
1: I'm not normal, and, and no, that doesn't seem very comfortable. I, I'm, not, I'm I'm thumbless when I text.
0: Okay. Well, uh, sorry about the thumb. Yeah. Uh, did and you by still- the way, and,
1: and, and Bobo giving me grief, I should go to the doctor. Dr. Chow said there's probably little they could do for me. Um, You know, what, what am I going to I'm going to wear a splint on my thumb. Okay. Why not? Why not? You why not? To. Like seriously, why not? I really need to answer about for it. it. <laughs> why? When's the last time you two guys ever like stepped on a basketball court or anything, played any sports? I'm just curious. Uh, When's the last time you scored?
0: I mean, I I I play golf. I mean, that's I I, I wrangle around an eight-year-old. That's kind of like a When's the last time
2: you talked to a woman that wasn't your wife?
0: I I guess I'm more curious. You think that you playing basketball is some sort of athletic endeavor, is where I'm maybe a little bit more confused. When's the last time you didn't take a blue
2: pill? I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) He's got the blue thumb to go with his blue pill. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I just I, I think the point is we worry about you, Arnie, whenever Whenever your thumb – did you put the picture on Twitter yet?
1: No, I I did it yesterday, but I just sent it to Bobo and Danny. I'll have Danny put it out on Fox Sports. You know what? The guy who ran into me saw me standing there, and he just didn't give a damn. So next time I'm going to – Like most people? Right. So I'm going to put my elbow up and put it right in his throat next time.
0: Wow. Then, then you'll probably never play again because he'll knock your ass out. I don't really want to have that. <laughs> you'll have a broken thumb and you'll be a, a broken jaw. Yeah. But anyway, So in All case right. you haven't been able to notice tonight, and it will be brought up quite a bit because that's how Arnie rolls, Arnie is playing hurt this evening. So kudos to you, Arnie. Thank when you. you. When you have a hot take and you, and you have to pound the, the, the yeah. table, you'll have to be a little extra yeah. careful
1: tonight, right? I'll have to do it lefty. So – is the combine the biggest
0: story in your world, like it is mine, no. or am I the only one?
1: You're the only one. I don't. You're the only one that gets excited. How big somebody's hands are, what they're Matters. running the forty in, what the shuttle time is, what the shuttlecock is, or whatever it is. You're the only one that cares about that. Matter of fact, I you would not be watching it on television if there was a good NBA game on, a good college basketball game on. I I, I stop it. But yeah, you're you're probably one of the few that loves this stuff there were absolutely
0: great college basketball and good NBA games all weekend long and I still watched it. I'm willing to bet about every penny in my bank account that any time they put it on regular TV or maybe even on on the NFL network Arnie, I bet it outdraws your beloved college basketball. I bet the combine numbers might have tripled what Arizona put up last. Well, they, were they even on broadcast TV? We're on the Pac-12 network last night? Get out of here with nobody cares about the combine. Now, you know, I, could I, we I, do I without do the incessant overanalyzation of hand size? <laughs> you bet. Uh, but it's become where news happens. It, it It's become where news starts to
1: break in the NFL. I, I agree. I heard Hartman say this. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this from Hartman, but I agree with him. You know, do some stuff that if you want to go ahead and have me tune into this, do the Oklahoma drill. Let's see that. Let's go ahead and see that there. Let's, let's get a little, let's rough it up a little bit. Let's see what you got out there, big boy, you know? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, Hartman said it, so I gave him credit. Well, so there you, go. You, you guys
0: are on a level playing field. Yeah. yeah, let's let's go in the biggest job interview of our life whenever we decided we wouldn't play in a bowl game in yes. order not to get hurt. And let's do an Oklahoma drill in the middle of the field. Come nobody on, you know, a little, would
1: be, little sarcasm there, but it'd be pretty fun to mo- see that. Mo-
0: nobody would be going to the com- There's no reason for sarcasm, Arnie. This is the combine. <laughs> it's life or death. Come on, man. Don't you know what's going on here? No, i I would like to see things that aren't as I, I don't know what the best way over dramatized. Maybe I mean we we sit there and you might get more. There's more talk today about Tyquan Thornton. Than there was through an entire. Nobody would realize this guy had like two catches in a in a very important game that they had late in the season. But they'll sure enough point out. Well, do you see what he did against West Virginia? And now you you find all the great moments from these guys in the Jordan Davises of the world. What's no the most c-
1: important stat to you in the in the combine?
0: In the combine, uh, I think the shuttles are pretty no, important. No, not uh,
1: I most... think the forties okay. No, no, um, no, no. It's it's who could pick up the most trash. And who could be nicest uh, to the homeless? Those are those are the two most important things, I think.
0: You think that that's going to improve Malik Willis's draft <laughs> stock? That he went and gave a shirt to a homeless dude, and one. Well, of the it certainly did make its rounds, things, rounds on Twitter. One of the, not the not most away. orchestrated things I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Some dude just <laughs> randomly taping a guy walking across the street. He's like, "Oh, look, a homeless person." Well, here's one of the 800 t-shirts I get from the combine. Maybe I'm a little bit cynical on that, but I I would rather not hear about dudes throwing 100 yard bombs when there's no one defending. I think it'd be kind of nice to maybe throw a defender out there or two at least to give us that aura. But I mean, come on Arnie. We lost our mind when Jamarcus Russell threw it for 80 yards in the air against air. I mean, there's certain parts of it that to be honest with you, I love, and there's certain parts of it when you overanalyze it, that I just despise. It's like, look, Put on the game tape for some of these guys, and you'll see what they really are. I I love Jordan Davis. I have Jordan Davis as a top 10 pick, and I had before the combine. But if you watch the game he played against Alabama the first time around, Arnie, he disappears. He, he's he's not part of the game. Now, do you hold that one performance against him right, more? I was about to say that, yeah. Than, than, than what you saw at times throughout the season? Does it get magnified because he was around such freakish athletes throughout the season? I, I don't know. But I will tell you this much there's a lot of people that are going back and doing their due diligence on Jordan Davis' tape that are picking in the top five after the numbers that he put up. That's that's what I think came out of this weekend.
1: So you, you think a lot of people increased their stock and, you know. A handful of guys it, did, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, again, I, I know we make fun of it, and we make fun of the hand size with it, and everybody's like, oh, my goodness, he's going to have the small. He has Burger King hands. It's so damn small. Burger King hands. You ever what? see that commercial, the Burger King with the guy <laughs> with tiny hands? I, yeah, yeah
0: I, I mean, okay, I'm sorry. There, there, there's Burger King. There's uh, Charlie's uncle from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know, there's a <laughs> lot of different small hand analogies you can use here. So, well, well done, Arnie, on that one. But I'll tell you what I dig about the Combine. It's Arnie and Plank on Fox uh, Sports Radio. It was a Fox Football Sunday. Yes, we're opening with football. We're a Fox Sports Sunday, and Bernie Fratto is coming up here in just a bit to talk about the Major League Baseball negotiations that are ongoing, we think. But Arnie, to me, what's happening at the Combine with so much much time you get after the Combine, right? You have pro days at schools. You have visits you can bring these guys in. I think more than anything and I think we talked about this even last week in advance of it, and I think it played out. I think the combine becomes a place where maybe a coach can talk to another coach or an agent and a general manager can kind of be involved too. I know Sean McVay wasn't there, but they don't have any draft picks, but I think it's a place where you can start laying the foundation for potential deals. I think you find out, Hey, you know, Pete Carroll, got a couple pops in us, man. You really making Russell Wilson available where you can get in these settings that are away from kind of the public eye, and you can start kind of going back and forth on who's really available, who's really out there. And Arnie, I think it's become really more than anything, a big gossip session to right. find out who's going where and who's going to end up with what team. That's the best part of the combine.
1: Now just look at all the different news tidbits. Oh, I'm sure you're probably right about that. And I'm sure plenty of deals have been, have been struck when uh, you visited the urnal after dinner and sure. you see somebody there and you're sure. like, hey, you know, maybe we should talk about this type of trade. And next thing you know, boom, 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 you're working it out. And something happens. So I kind of agree with you on that. I, I buy that for 100%. A, a
0: and listen, this is going to be a really rough analogy, but I'll try to keep it as generic as I can. And then you've got like the Washington football team who's sitting at the corner of the bar, hammered, just willing to do whatever it takes to get a quarterback. It's like, Hey! Hey, what what do you need? You need draft picks. You got draft. You need Chase Young. I mean, literally, Arnie. Washington is calling everybody, and I mean everybody, yes. to see if their quarterback's available. Including right? could
1: Green Bay? Have we, by the way, have we found out? Have we officially? This? Have you officially made up your mind if Aaron Rodgers is coming back to the Packers after what you've heard the last couple of days?
0: I think it changes day by day, <laughs> don't you? I mean, am I one day? I'll sit there and I'll hear from um, I'll hear from someone that oh my gosh, this was. This was absolutely the the, the the best day because Brian Guttenkist is starting to work on the contract with Mark Mosley. And the, the, the next day, it's Aaron Rodgers has picked the three places he wants to go. Yeah, and yeah. he's ready. And then the next day, it's like, man, uh, Aaron Rodgers is really excited about Devontae Adams' contract and what it might look like. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore with this Aaron Rodgers saga. Arnie, I feel like it changes every single day.
1: No, I, I agree with you there. I mean, one day I'm, I'm like 80%, 90% certain that he's gone. Then I'm like, you know what? Nah, maybe not so quickly. Maybe he is going to come back. What are we supposed to find out? About, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that?
0: Yeah, you would think so. You know, the start of the league year is March 16th. So that's supposed to be a, a big date. But Aaron Rodgers has made it very clear, or at least he had in the past, that he'll have a decision well before that moment whenever it comes to yeah. what he wants to do. So we'll my, find my, out. Yeah, by the
1: fight. way, I we if, if we're going to get into some of the tweets tonight, we have to start with authentic Allen. We're we're going in alphabetical order. And it says Arnie is absolutely right. There were great NBA games on TV this weekend. LeBron scored 56. Yeah, we didn't even bring that up. And Durant and Tatum uh, uh, was a great game. Even the Suns versus Bucks and Giannis was a good game. Nobody gives a damn about 40 times. Coach K is a better topic. Planks and NFL frat boy.
0: Sure. Yeah, of course I am. And, and, and there'll be more people that are watching and want to reply to that than than one game where the Lakers look like a competent team. And, oh, by the way, the Combine was long gone before that one game when the Lakers you, actually looked like a real basketball whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. team. whoa! you didn't see the Lakers celebration after the game when they were pouring water on LeBron after the uh, after the interview or during yeah, the interview? Yeah, you've got
0: to celebrate. You don't win many games. What are you talking about <laughs> making fun of it? Get out of here, Authentic Allen. You were watching it as well, too, to try to find anything uh... racist you can do. Cherry pick from the combine. All right. When we come back here, it's Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Sunday. We're going to talk about maybe the biggest story beyond just the sports world involving sports. And that's the labor negotiations with Major League Baseball. Bernie Fratto is coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, let's roll. It's Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Radio. Show's brought to you in part by Indeed. Hiring, heating up. Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed, whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. We're joined right now by the great Bernie Fratto. You hear him Saturday nights into Sunday morning here on Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas. He covered the 94 MLB strike. And I got to ask right out of the gates, Bernie, are you seeing similarities that would cause concern for how long this bad boy could last as compared to 94?
2: Good point, Chris. I've seen similarities for the last 18 months in terms of the angst and the animosity and the general distrust from either side. I've characterized these negotiations as non-negotiations. They're a test of wills. It's a game of chicken. Now, do I think a World Series is going to get canceled again? No, I don't. But what I do think is that there will be games that will be canceled again this week. I don't think we'll see baseball until sometime in May at the earliest. And I can tell you that both sides, this has become a crusade more than negotiation.
1: Yeah, Bernie, why do I feel, though, that the owners, though, realize they can just end this anytime they want, and they're just waiting for April to miss all of April's games, and they'll say, okay, now we'll move forward, we'll make some concessions, and we'll get this thing going on. Why do I feel
2: it's going that way? Yeah, it's an excellent question. It's maddening. You really can't apply common sense to these guys. And by the way, there are 21 new owners that weren't there in 1994, and it's my understanding Oof. they're even more hard-assed than the previous group. So what started this thing? Baseball revenues have doubled since 2008, but the CBT has only grown 27%. In the last four years, revenues have grown, but salaries have dropped 4.7% on the aggregate. Salaries in 2021 were the lowest since 2015. So things are going the wrong way, and the players can prove it. I'm not so sure why the owners are so obstinate this time, because they had an econometric model that was working for 25 years. It was a $1 billion industry in 1994. Together, they grew it to an $11 billion industry, and now they're going backwards. So today, the groups met for 90 minutes. There was a glimmer of hope because the two hotly contested aspects of the CBA are, one, the luxury tax, which is now called the CBT, the competitive balance tax. The players want a higher threshold, but it was joined at the hip to the 14-team playoff that the owners want. Right now, that appears to be dead. It appears to be a non-starter for a couple of reasons. One, if the players agreed to that, they would want this, quote, ghost game, which means if you're the higher seed, you start out in a five-game series with a one-on lead, so they're copying what Korean baseball did. Secondly, the players believe it dilutes it. Uh, in the last 10 years, six teams with losing records would have made the playoffs under this scenario, and you'd only need to win 82-83 games. They also believe it could be an indirect drag on salaries. Meanwhile, the owners got a little eager on their face because they have a sitting agreement, in principle, with ESPN, a lucrative TV deal to the tune of $100 million Ooh. predicated on a 14-team playoff. So they've got to go back to ESPN. So that's not off the table. So they've got to find middle ground and other areas, and I didn't even get to the pre-arb bonus and some of the other issues on the table. You know, Bernie,
0: this is going to be cherry-picking, so you can uh, beat around. But I have a hard time when you're like, oh, man, the players just aren't making any money when Mookie Betts signed a $365 million deal and Bryce Harper had a $300 million deal. I mean, we're not talking about dudes that are in the bread line. I understand that the minor leagues are a mess right now as far as what they're doing there, but I feel like if you – if you're worth it, you're getting paid right now as far as the players are concerned. I mean, Mookie Betts doesn't seem to be lined enough to give back his money, nor does Bryce Harper.
2: Okay, you bring up a really excellent point. So let's drill down on that. please, Because go. the mission of the union heading into these negotiations was to take care of what they call the zero to three guys. Until you get to arbitration after three full years and free agency after six full years, you don't really get a chance to be a Mookie Betts or a Bryce Harper. You've got to pay your dues. So two of the things that the union uh, brought to the table were, one, they wanted the minimum salary increased. And, frankly, this has been a huge win for the players. Sure. They need to take their W here. At the beginning of the last CBT, the minimum salary was $535,000. they have now got that negotiated up to 700000 That's a 33% increase. Take your W there. The other thing was what's called the pre-arb bonus. So you say a young Chris Plank goes out, hits 40 home runs his first year, uh, leads the uh, Houston Astros to the you know you know the World Series, and but he's making the minimum. So let's create a bonus pool so we can give him a million dollar bonus or something along those lines. And the player said, why don't we put 120 million dollars into the pool, and have it affect as many as 150 players? Owners go, okay, we'll agree to that concept. Why don't we do 10 million dollars? And only have it, you know, affect thirty players. So they're not really negotiating. They're peeing on each other's shoes. Fast forward to today, the players are now down to eighty million, and the owners are at thirty million. So they're still fifty million apart in terms of what they agreed to on the pre-arb tax. So what's my conclusion? I think this is also a win for the players because you have a situation now where this has found money. That thirty million was never there before. It's now a pool to reward players who haven't performed yet. Maybe you negotiate that up and you know incrementally over the next five years, which leads us back to the CBT. This is the elephant in the room the luxury tax. The owners have been using the luxury tax, competitive balance tax as a de facto salary cap for years and there's the problem only two teams exceeded the luxury tax last year the dodgers and padres and multiple teams came right up to it and stopped short so what you have is a situation here where there has to be some give and take and that's why i call it a game of chicken and a test of wills someone's going to have to blink first
1: is there certain owners i was reading like there's a what like eight
2: uh, uh eight specific owners holding everything back or not really well no here's okay so here's what you probably heard even the deal that the uh that the uh, the major league baseball owners their fast their last and final deal in quotes last monday night at two in the morning was tendered to the players four owners didn't even like that deal but it would have been ratified had the players accepted it because you only need 23 of the 30 owners to give a thumbs up so the owners, that didn't, they're minorities. But that's also a problem because they thought at $220 million, the CBT threshold was too high. So, you know, there's there's speed bumps all over the place.
0: So with that in mind, we're hanging out with Bertie Frado talking about the uh, kind of crossovers that we met. Final thought from me, Carl Ravitch tonight, who does Sunday Night Baseball, tweeted this uh, moments ago that he's concerned that we may not have a major league season at all in 2022. As he put in both sides – I uh, believe they have made significant concessions to other each side points at the other as having not done nearly enough. As has been reported, the word of the day is deadlock. What does Bernie Frado see as the biggest thing that could help break this deadlock right now?
2: Time. And I'll tell you why. Because Carl Ravitch is half right, but that's really sensational news to proclaim there's not even going to be a season when we haven't even gotten to opening day yet. Here's why, guys. Every game that's actually lost, the players' union cumulatively loses $21 million Mm. in collective salary. That's not chump change. And meanwhile, as you get into April, you're going to have a situation as games are lost, those owners are going to have to tender rebates back to the regional TV broadcast partners they have contracts with. So I think a little bit of time will pass. Both sides will determine how much pain can be inflicted. And remember what happened in '95. It was never settled. Judge Sonia Sotomayor, a federal judge, issued an injunction, ordered the players back on the field, and what they did is they reverted the CBA back to the year before, and they went on and negotiated, and the game went on after 232 days, and a uh, and a World Series canceled. So we're a long way from even having kind of a silly conversation about whether a season's canceled. At this point, my belief is it won't go past June 1st, but I'm plugged in every day, and if I get other updates, I'll find out. Right now, they're in the area of splittable differences. They just have to swallow their pride. But like I've said, this is not a negotiation. It's a game of chicken.
1: Bernie, what, what's the next date we're looking for? What, 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 what would you keep your eye on for?
2: Well, you know what's it? Well, two answers to that question. I think by Wednesday, you'll see Manfred cancel another week's of games. So okay. the soonest it could be is April 15th. I think that'll happen by Tuesday or Wednesday. The union today, as they were breaking up their 90-minute meeting, offered to meet the owners again tomorrow. My understanding, there's been no response yet from the owners, but they'd be smart to get back to the table tomorrow.
0: Mm. Good stuff. Bernie, uh, appreciate your time, Matt. I know it's been a long and a busy weekend for you, but hopefully we'll get this thing figured out soon, and uh, we'll be able to get baseball started sooner rather than later.
2: Your mouth to God's ears. And give my best to Sister Jean. At least she's back. <laughs> well,
0: she's in the tournament again. Go and dance in NBC Champs Loyalist Chicago. Thanks, Bernie. Thanks, Bernie. That's Here I'm straight out of Vegas every single Saturday night into Sunday morning here on Fox Sports Radio. And every single Sunday night, you hear Steve DeSager, who jumps in here with the latest goings-on in the world of sports. What's up, Steve?
4: They said Sister Jean at that Loyalist Chicago game today, and she was there is 102 years old now. Wow. (laughs) And yes, her team won the final in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. So yes, they're going dancing again. And Longwood won the Big South final. So congratulations to them. There are baseball things to unpack. As labor negotiations resumed in New York today, the union offered written responses to the owner's last proposal. MLB claims today's proposal from the players was worse than a week ago. One thing that, as you guys were just talking about, there are owners that don't want to go up much at all on this luxury tax threshold the so-called maximum that you could spend on your payroll kind of acts like a uh, salary cap that the other sports had but you know who cares if Artie Moreno of the Angels doesn't like it because I think the Union once we get to an actual agreement to vote yes or no on and we're not there yet certainly but once we get to that I think the owners only need 23 votes out of 30 so they could have seven owners that disagree wholeheartedly with whatever number on the luxury. And they could still pass the thing, and then we could get on with a spring training. You know where Artie
1: Moreno went to school? University of
4: Arizona. Yeah.
1: Yes. I think he was in my fraternity, I don't remember. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. School
4: of poverty apparently. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> as far as the luxury tax, yes, it's a 210 million dollars per team. You go over that, you have to pay a tax like the Dodgers. And yes, there were many teams this past year including the Yankees in Boston who were just under 210 million on purpose, I'm sure, so they didn't have to. So the current league offer is How about we start the luxury tax, anything over $220 million per team, and then we'll go up incrementally over the next five years of this labor deal? Well, they're not close on this because the union wants to say, how about we start at about $240 million and go up past $260 million per team? They're a players union. They want owners to spend money on players. There are fundamental differences from the two sides on this issue. Our Ken Rosenthal writing in The Athletic tonight said MLB is willing to increase its tax Threshold from 220 per team if the players union moves on other areas. One thing the owners definitely want is the ability to make rules changes and change the on field product. More quickly because the way it's been, if they propose a rules change, it's it's still another year down the road before it can be implemented. They want, like, within 45 days of the end of the season, we can say, Yeah, and in the offseason, get it all set, and boom, spring training, we go in with, you know, the bases an inch or two larger, or, you know, a pitch clock, or yeah, band the shift, on that? or making,
1: whatever. Making the bases bigger. That's crazy.
4: It is a little crazy. I know, that it's theoretically, safety, but I think they already, wow. with outlawing the chase. Sutley slide at second base. I already think they took care of the safety. But if they want, like, you know, a robot strike zone or something, or let's make it permanent to start... They
1: got rid of the robots, I thought, for the next year.
4: No, there's... No, this is not for next year. It's like would start 2023. Okay. But any of these rules ideas that the owners have, they want to be able to implement them in one offseason and not have to wait a full year. So what we saw is the temporary extra innings rule, if you start with a runner on second base, if the owners are married to that, they want to get that through committee in one off season and boom go for it. One that I heard was uh, outlawing the step off rule for pitchers. You know how so often they don't actually throw a pickoff throw to first or they don't throw the pitch on they literally just step back off the rubber and the game gets delayed again. <laughs> well, what if the owners want to outlaw that? Good, great. The play there will be a few players on the committee to talk about rules changes, but I'm sure there will be more owners than players on that, but they want to They are at least thinking of the on-field product and not just all this money here. NASCAR was on Fox again today from Vegas. Alex Bowman took the race. Scotty Scheffler won the Arnold Palmer Invitational in Orlando. And uh, we had in college basketball not only Loyola Chicago winning, but tonight on FS1, Illinois finished its regular season, beating Iowa 74-72. And Wisconsin had lost today at home to Nebraska 74-73. That means Illinois finishes in a tie for first with Wisconsin in the Big Ten and the Illini get the one seed for the conference tournament. A lot of conference tournaments coming up this week in the majors. And as for the NBA, we've got the late game. And the Knicks are up 70 to 48 yes. at the Clippers in the third yes. quarter. The Knicks ready to end a seven-game losing streak. Houston ended a 12-game losing streak, beating Memphis. And Boston today got 54 points from Jason Tatum, defeating Brooklyn 126-120. Final note about the NFL Combine. There was no Combine, therefore no ratings for the Combine last year. The ones I found from Sports Business Journal for the year before, NFL Network's viewership over the four days of coverage they have was just under 250,000, which would be lower than the NHL rating of ESPN this past week. So pretty low. There was, however, right, ABC an hour or two yesterday. So maybe that would bring things up. But it would be, for example, uh, Thursday, this past week, NFL scouting combine on NFL Network, which not everybody gets was about 220,000 viewers, FS1 college basketball, over 360,000 for oh, Penn no. State. Oh, no! My yeah. beloved
0: combine lost to college basketball. <laughs> oh, but once again, the when they Move share it, LA. like,
4: uh, I will be curious to see when they put it on ABC yesterday, does that bump it up significantly going on a real channel that everyone gets?
0: I, thanks, Steve. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, I, I will tell you, th- there is nothing in the world more boring than the Combine. The thing that I love about it is whenever they start talking about the rumors and the innuendos oh, you, and the other things, it's they, great.
1: So funny you mentioned, did you see the rumor about Amari Cooper?
0: He's getting cut.
1: No, about the four teams expected to have interest in him. I saw that.
0: I've seen 31 teams that apparently okay. have interest in well, him. So who are I, the four that you heard?
1: Well, so I'm reading it now. It's four teams expected to have interest. Can in I Cowboys? guess?
0: Can I guess? Yeah, sure. Just let me ahead. guess. Uh, I'm sure, like the Jaguars are on there, right? Because no, 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 okay, no. we'll go ahead then.
1: Dolphins are one of them. Sure. The Bears. Okay. The Chiefs. Of course. And the Patriots.
0: Um. Definitely see the Patriots. Definitely see them. Okay, here's my question then. What's his market? Like, what's he gonna get? Because. He's making twenty mil now, and the right. Cowboys are cutting him.
1: Right. So he's not
0: gonna make is, twenty mil. Is he going to make ten? Is he going to make twelve? Is he going to be in a situation where he's kind of just having to take? I don't think he'd have to take a prove it deal. Yet.
1: Not with the Patriots, though. You know, they want they want to get you on rock bottom, so that's why they're probably interested. See,
0: I don't. And again, this is me. I think yeah. the I think a team like the Jaguars and the Bears are more legit. But then again, if the Bears aren't going to pay. If the Bears aren't going to pay Allen Robinson, why would they go out and get Amari Cooper?
1: Well, that's right. why, I, if I'm him, I'd go to the Chiefs. So would you take less money to go to Kansas City? You're going to have to take less money anyway. It depends on how much other people could offer you. But, I mean, if it's all right around the same, I, I'd probably want to go to the Chiefs. So I guess that question would be
0: would you rather go to Kansas City, take a little less money, probably yeah. be in a position to win a a super bowl right. or would you rather go somewhere where you can make a little bit more coin be more of a factor i mean you're probably third wheel on kansas city right uh and kansas city i don't know where that would come from with amari cooper i well, really look at don't.
1: the quarterbacks he has to pick from though
0: mac jones patrick mahomes uh justin tua. fields and tua yeah i mean tua so a three, three youngsters
1: and one yeah. veteran yeah uh
0: and it, i guess it's really Okay, quick Amari Cooper take. And I know someone say, well, you're a Raiders fan, so you're going to yeah, be negative are. about him. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I'm a realist when it comes to Amari Cooper. And the problem has been there's just moments where he's impossible to figure out. It just, I think Cowboy fans will tell you that. Raiders fans will tell you that. I don't know if Alabama fans ever had this issue, but there's games where he just can't catch anything. Uh, and can't hold on to anything, and then he'll just disappear. You can't pay a dude twenty million dollars no, and have him can't. disappear on you like like Amari Cooper did. You can't pay your second or third best receiver twenty million dollars. I mean, Ceedee Lamb's clearly the best guy in Dallas. How much right is Odell
1: going to get with the Rams?
0: Well, is Odell playing next year?
1: Well, yeah, but as assuming he was healthy. um uh, is that the same amount of money you're going to pay Amari Cooper? No, not I don't know. Barry. Probably not. I think you know what.
0: Just real quick prediction on this. I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think that Odell's going to get a lot of money this year. But I wonder if the Rams would reward him with like a two-year deal, maybe. And right, and they kind of. I, and again, I'm not going to pretend to be a contract guy on this show. Two or three-year deal where they pay him a little bit more next year to kind of help the books this year. I don't know. Lot, lot of guys smarter than me. But I think the big question with Amari Cooper will be, what's his motivation? Is it going to be a situation where a team like Jacksonville comes in and says, we need a number one, we'll give you 15 mil, and that'll overshot." I just I don't know
1: only, what only that market's going to look like. Only if somebody smart could have seen this and said that the Cowboys needed a wide receiver. Oh, wait a minute, that was me. Well, Remember that when had, I said they should go after Odell Beckham Jr.? Now now look at the mess you're in right now. Well, uh,
0: they're only letting Amari Cooper go because they feel good about their younger receivers, Arnie. The money, they're letting him, him go because mil. the money.
1: Right. Yeah, if it wasn't the 20 mil, he'd be on the listen, team.
0: Listen, exactly. If Amari Cooper was making 10 or $12 million, right, right, dude, yeah. you're bragging, but he makes $20 million, so he's got to go. And I'll tell you what, if he was making 20 mil and he was the leading receiver on the team, and he was one of the top receivers in the NFL, he'd still have a job. But you pay a do that kind of money for him to be elite. Now the story tonight about Lawrence potentially being gone, oof, wild offseason already, Dallas Cowboy <laughs> fan. All right, a lot of good tweets on baseball we'll get to. Hit us up at Stinkin Genius one at Plank Show. It's a busy Sunday night with Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Radio. All right, it's Arnie and Plank. On a Fox Sports Sunday, listen. We had a night last night in Cameron. We'll talk about it to kick off hour number two. I'm sure Arnie was just heartbroken. For and LeBron,
1: players. don't forget about LeBron. What about LeBron? The Lakers are back. Yeah.
0: Arnie, we're on to a Sunday in the regular season in the NBA. Done. It happens last night. We're we got we're moving on. We're on to Cincinnati. Wow. Come on. What are you doing? Celebrate.
1: That was this. one of my predictions.
0: Lakers are going to go eight and two of their next ten. What hell games have you been watching, <laughs> Boba? Do you believe this crap, Boba? See, here's the thing: Arnie sees one game, one highlight. Probably fell asleep after, as soon as I you was on off the air yesterday during the game. Oh, okay, okay. So you were you were paid to stay awake. Sees <laughs> one game since his team has returned from the uh, uh, from the from the All Star break, and suddenly he's like, "They're gonna win eight of their next ten. Have you seen the previous four games, even going back? before the all-star break? Yeah, Come
1: all the broad has to do is score 56 every
0: time. That's, That's it. Yeah. That's all it takes. 25 in each half for the first time for a guy his age ever. <laughs> Though I will say, I will say, Arnie, in your defense, and because I'm a complete and total homer, San Antonio, Houston, Washington, the next three before a trip
1: to Phoenix. Right. I so saw the at schedule. That was not- the one I had him losing, yes. Which one? The
0: Phoenix game? Yes, yes. Well, they—the the sad thing is—they've been so terrible this year. Even at eight and two right now, it wouldn't get them probably too much terribly closer to the Clippers. You see, they're five games back of the Clippers in the standings, five full games. I know the Clippers are. Uh, it, I, I had to turn the game because it was so ugly. I so Oh, I love this game. Now.
1: I'm taping. Okay. I'm going to rewatch it. I, yeah.
0: I, I'm watching Sports Center now. But I mean, even with if the Clippers lose tonight they are still five games behind them. they are seven games behind the Timberwolves. The Lakers are nine, eight and a half, excuse me, or nine and a half uh, behind the Nuggets for the sixth spot. Come on. I mean, even winning eight of 10 right now, you kind of just shake your head and you're like, does it even even really matter for this team right now? I don't even see him as like a dangerous seven or eight seed. I think even if they get in, if I'm Golden State or Phoenix, I know LeBron's there, but I'm kind of licking my chops. I just, I'm so downtrodden, even after the 56 last night. Well,
1: I, I guess you must have forgotten Anthony Davis is going to be coming back and going to join this team. Only, only
0: to have... get hurt again.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Have you not watched? History repeats itself. Yeah. Welcome back, Anthony Davis.
1: When you say history repeats itself, do you mean like winning a championship two years ago?
0: Are we going back two years on everything now?
1: Oh, my hey, goodness.
0: Congratulations it's not 22 two years ago. ago. The Dodgers won a World Series two years ago. Hey, they won it two years ago, so they're going to win it again. Come on, Arnie. I've watched this team too much to get excited about them.
1: Watch I mean, the, the games. Well, I again, once Anthony – bringing back a guy that gives you 23 points a game uh, is it's not something you just shrug off. So watch what he gets – you should have seen the Laker fans last night when we were on the air. Jason Martin was being sarcastic, but, I mean, we're getting texts or tweets. Um, This is great. We're back. This is it. I mean, people were excited about that, about that Laker win.
0: Why? Why do this to yourself? It was a great night for LeBron. He scored 56 points. The Lakers stink. They're bad. Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. Why are you doing this? Why are you trolling them? So you can next week come on here and be like, I'm oh, a Laker fan. Getting all excited for no reason. Is that what you want to do? Is Are you setting the stage for like your next troll or something? Is that what no, you're doing I,
1: here? I, like I said, their the one win now against Golden State, they'll go 7-2 uh, in their next nine probably lose their next game to Washington.
0: All right, let me get a couple of uh, tweets in here. It's the best way to stay in touch with the show. At a stinking genius one, I'm at Plank Show, and everybody should be following us at Fox Sports uh, Radio. Don't forget at Danny G Radio, and at A-Ron Bobo Arnell is uh, how you follow Bobo. Quick one here, Uh, Emmett, a.k.a. the Blind Seahawks fan, writes, I think Amari Cooper will end up on the Patriots. Get Mac Jones a weapon who can be a number
1: one. Yeah, they they need one badly for him, and uh, again, if they could get him uh, on the bargain basement price. I would figure that that's the direction he uh, that they want to go.
0: And then uh, Eric from Cincinnati writes: Cooper is a non-factor in playoff games, and uh, in, in a win to get him in the playoffs, it's hard to play him like Hop- or pay him like Hopkins going forward. I agree, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, you, you you've got to be consistently elite to get paid that kind of money. All right, when we come back, let's hit more of your tweets. A lot of check-ins on Major League Baseball and some Coach K talk next on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, let's go hour two. Uh, it's Arnie and Plank.
1: If the Knicks lose, I'm quitting. I oh, want wait, to know is that. he getting
0: close? Hold on. It's,
1: I think it's 12 now. Down the oh, 12. is it
0: 12? Oh, hold on. I can watch again. I can turn yeah. off the 86th airing. I think it was a 14-2
1: Clippers run. That went from 14 down – 24 down to 12.
0: You get nervous yet?
1: I'll quit. You don't give up a 24-point lead. You're a dog if you do that.
0: Do you realize how many – well, your your Knicks are a dog. But, um, I mean, you realize how many times you've quit this show now. So, I I don't even think that's like a fair thing to say you're going to do is quit the show because you –
1: No way you blow a 24-point lead. No
0: way. Again – I, I know you watch sports. I know you watch a lot of sports. This is a twenty-five and thirty-eight team. That's six games I don't out care of the team. If they're 0 sixty, spot.
1: you don't blow that.
0: They've lost seven straight games. They're one and nine in their last ten. You're acting like they're some sort of title contender here, holding on to a lead in an NBA game that is always close in the end, regardless of what happens in the first three quarters. And by the way, I'll say this. Yeah. I'll say, th- and it pains me to say. The Clippers are kind of spunky, man. They, they, as much as they miss Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, Captain Obvious. But they go out and they grind, man. They don't, they don't tap out. So I'm going to miss not doing this show with you if they blow it. <laughs> but I'm not going to be surprised at all if they do. But I will say, I didn't think yeah. Julius Randle deserved to be tossed the other night. Were you on the? Was that Friday night or everything's running together?
1: I don't remember anymore. I don't remember when I was on the air or what game is what time. Okay. I don't remember.
0: I believe it was Friday night. He and Johnson got into it for the Phoenix Suns. Right, right. right. Uh, they ended up fining Randall for it, but I just listen, man. I thought it was two grown ass men having a disagreement. The NBA is. Unless there's a history there with Randall, and I saw a couple Suns fans are like, hey, you should be kicked out of the league. You soft, stop it. I mean, it's the NBA. Don't we want him to be getting a little bit more physical? Why are we over – I mean, they they – Especially well, for the playoffs too
1: coming up, you know.
0: Right. I mean, gosh. And well, I mean, not for the Knicks, but for oh, a wow. team like the Suns.
1: Well, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying you know, to after last year and they had such a great run and that that first round series and uh, you know the Garden was going ballistic and I'm like i may go down there for a game and now I'm like yeah forget about it. Yeah, don't you don't want to do, to do that.
0: You don't want to do that. All right, we've got our buddy Todd Furman coming up in our next segment. So let's let's craft some college basketball talk yeah. here, Arnie. Yeah. Were you of the group of peeps that were satisfied by watching Duke win or get beat last night in Coach K's home finale, uh, or were you in that group that was a little bit heartbroken by the way it played out?
1: I, I wanted Duke to win. Ah. Uh, again, I had no dog in the fight. Didn't make a difference to me. I'm not a Duke fan. I'm not a North Carolina fan. Um, uh, I just wanted to see him go out as a winner. You know, you... You see how many people were there. It was quite the spectacle. Did you? I, they were in like half the arena, maybe more, was filled like eight hours before tip off. Yeah, it was wild. Uh, what, what did they say? They had like 96 former players there, or about 100. I mean, it, it, was just, it was just absolutely fantastic to see. And, um, yeah, you know, overall really doesn't make that much of a difference to win or lose, but you do want to send them out a winner. And and they had, at, at, at halftime, I thought they were going to blow him out in the second half. But, um, yeah, you know, it, uh, it, it's a small damper. But you're you're looking at 40-plus uh, years of what he's done. So I, I don't think one game is going to overlook that, you know? So I thought the
0: funniest part of all of this to me was – if you're just and, – and again, I know you could flip over and what the the app had it from the start or whatever it might be, is what had to be taking place somewhere at some level of the four-letter network, Arnie, because of that Kansas-Texas game right before. Right, right. I, I mean, I understand that college basketball usually fits into a nice window, but I don't understand – making that such a tight – because, again, I would have watched the pregame ceremonies. I grew up hating Mike Shashevsky I can't stand Bobby Hurley and Christian Leitner and Johnny Dawkins and Mark Allery and J- the list goes on and on and on Cherokee right. parks of right. dudes I couldn't stand who ruined my childhood because Duke won everything. But with that said, I still respect it. It's greatness. It's probably one of the greatest runs you'll ever see as a coach. And yet we're stuck watching the overtime of Texas, Kansas, which was fantastic because then someone thought, well, let's do a double box. I don't right. want to see what's going on at Duke, North Carolina, Arnie. I want to hear it. So now you got the game going on over the box of what you're missing, and you just, it had to be enraging because someone just thought, oh yeah, that game will be over in plenty of time, and it wasn't even close. No. It wasn't, it wasn't even close.
1: close. It was it was a debacle oh from the start. It really was. Um, everybody was tuning in to see was what was going on with the pregame ceremony, what Coach K had to say, what was going on with Duke, who the stars were in attendance, um were they they were sitting. I saw that one of, of Silver and, and Um Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, it was just everything about it was great. So yeah, the last thing they needed was a game to go in the overtime right before that one, you know? Oh, oh, absolutely. So here was my favorite clip from the
0: postgame. Because then you had the game. You had my guy Brady Man at Go Nuts. You had a North Carolina team that was probably Firmly on the bubble two weeks ago and now right. they've went on a nice Give run with five credit. straight. That's a
1: great win. I mean really oh, that was an awesome win. win. Yeah.
0: Absolutely amazing win. So um he, he, here was Coach K after the game. This was my favorite uh this was my favorite moment of his speech. This
1: isn't part of the program. This is impromptu by me. I'm sorry about this afternoon. That no, please, no, please, everyone be quiet. Let me just say it's unacceptable. Today was unacceptable, but the season has been very acceptable. Okay. Uh,
0: Do you know what's great about that, Arnie? Right. What's great about that is Mike Krzyzewski just shushed, what, 20,000 people or however many were in there, and they all shut up. <laughs> 9,000. 9, 9, thank you. I, I, I knew I was yeah. procrastinating or uh, over-exaggerating a bit. Yeah, he basically said, no, 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 stop. Everyone be quiet. And they all just were like, oh, shh, be quiet. It's like he's
1: is he, Hutton? Is what it was. So.
0: That's right. Uh, but I, I did I did like this too. Whenever he turned to his former players and said this, we
1: didn't play well, and there were times when you didn't either.
0: <laughs> uh, that was according the to best. That, long, that that litany the of best. players that we yeah. all grew up despising, uh, and then there was one more kind of marquee moment from his post-game speech.
1: We need to fight for Duke. We need to fight for the brotherhood. And we need to fight with all of our might through the remainder of this season. All right? Then I'll be ready to get the hell
2: out of here. All right? All right?
1: You didn't know that
0: not only were you getting Mike Shakespeare's farewell speech, but also his opening act at like Chuckles Comedy Club whenever he's done. <laughs> he's like then you know, I'll get out of here. <laughs> I said hell, you guys got it. But I, again, it was, it was so satisfactory, and and so I, I took so much satisfaction from being like the anti-Duke guy, right? And right. I know it's bitterness, it's jealousy. You can call it what it is. But for someone who has seen them have so much success, in that moment, in that moment, it was. I, I, I was cracking up. I loved every second of it. Now, I also know this. He's got four potential first-round picks in his starting five. If they get the right draw, Arnie, look out. They're, right. they're going to make a run, and they might be trouble you know, come the NCAA a, tournament.
1: Am I wrong? But I didn't even think that whole Coach K retirement, um, the game, all that, didn't get enough – um, pub like it what? should have been. You know what I mean? I, Are you, you being you
0: think, serious?
1: No, I'm being dead serious. Were you
0: not watching ESPN at
1: all this no, week? No, no, no. I meant be, being hyped up during, like, it should have been hyped up for like two weeks straight and um, you know, like uh, multiple channels and stuff like that and gone all out. I don't know. Maybe it, it, maybe you thought it did. I thought it could have done a little bit more, you know? Um,
0: Okay. I just want to quickly pause here. It's Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Radio. You
1: don't agree with me on that one. No, I think.
0: no, no. I just... You don't think that this was promoted up enough or talked about enough with Mike Krzyzewski's final game at Cameron?
1: No, all you heard was so much how much the tickets were costing and – the, the, the students were out there like a month ahead of time. I would have loved it. I didn't see any interviews with the students um, camping out like a month ahead of time. I would have well, loved to see that. All, Maybe I missed that one. Because
0: so. Duke students are dorks. That's why. I mean, it, <laughs> no offense, but you all nerds know it. I mean, you're you're out there because they're going to school, Arnie. They don't have right. time to be sitting out too much. No. I can't get on board with you on that. I felt okay. like this thing was crammed down my throat like nobody's really? business. Wow. I felt like everywhere I turned is like Coach K's final game against North Carolina, and then I had that other group that's like, "Oh, it doesn't matter because North Carolina sucks." And I'm like, I, I just like college basketball. I want to watch a good game, <laughs> so I thought it got plenty of pub. But if what did they not have? Like, oh, okay, how about this? Not necessarily giving it the soup. Did you think it deserved like a super cast, like a camera on Coach K the whole time, and one of those overhead cams, and maybe a chance to listen to the Duke radio network as well? Is that kind of what you're thinking? That
1: that that would have been a good start, also. Right. Yeah. Now you're thinking outside the box. I like that. Yeah. That that maybe have uh you know people uh, former players i uh, call different halves or something. I don't know. But um, you really could have done a lot of things uh, outside the box for this game. Well, um, I, I it think it was still a big game, though. I mean, North Carolina Duke. Um, and by the way, is one of the greatest rivalries in sports. I wonder how much of a luster it's going to lo- uh, lose uh, now that John Shire is going to take over and Coach K isn't going to be there anymore. Is it still going to be like Yankees Red Sox?
0: Yeah, I think it will be as long as they're both still good. Now, if they, if they fall off the map, which again, based on the way that John Shire appears right. to be recruiting, right. don't look like that's going to happen. But I will say, I, I don't know about Hubert Davis. I think it's kind of been a rough start. He's done a nice job with some patchwork and some transfers. So we'll see how the future looks for him. But as long as they don't fall off a cliff, Arnie, yeah, I, I think it's still going to matter like Well, lot, it's still not going to have Coach that K. intensity
1: when you have Coach K and you know uh, Dean Smith and, and, and people like that roaming the sidelines, you know? <laughs>
0: By the way, Nature Boy just had the tweet of the night. Yeah. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Stinking Genius One. I'm at Plank Show, and everybody should be following us at Fox Sports Radio. Nature Boy writes: The O.J. Simpson chase got less coverage than the Coach K retirement. Where have you been, Arnie? <laughs> I was, when when you're like, is, I buddy. think it could have deserved a little bit more coverage. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I feel like everything died, though, with the loss. And, and I don't mean that, you know, obviously in a real right, world right, way. Right, but right. it just, it was almost as if it hit a brick wall. And right. all these tributes, it's like, all right, guys, can the tributes. They just got smoked down the stretch. Uh, let's let's roll to black <laughs> the black. Take the champagne here. out of the locker room. Get there, right. <laughs> hey, let's get out of here as quick as we can. This this indoor, uh... this indoor Cameron Indoor Stadium stinks anyway. It's too small.
1: needs Wrap to be it bigger. Up. There's no room. Up, yeah. Wrap
0: but I got blue paint on my shirt from the student section. Let's go. Let's get out of here. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think it loses But that You're
1: not saying there. that loss is worse than like an NCAA loss. People ah, were talking about that.
0: No, no. Come yeah. on, man. Uh, they're still going to the tournament. They're still probably going to be a two seed. It did lead me to, to, to ask this, Arnie. Do you now get a little bit more intrigued by any of the conference tournaments because there appears to be such a large bubble this season? Now, North Carolina is in-in. Right, but there there could potentially be a rematch with Duke if if both teams kind of get a little hot in the in in the uh, ACC tournament. Now that Duke North Carolina game, let me see here. Would that be in the finals? Yeah, they would have to play each other in the finals if they made it. But Duke enters uh, as the one, North Carolina enters as the three. So you could have a rematch of Duke North Carolina in the ACC championship game. Which would you rather see
1: a rematch of that? Or uh, Wisconsin-Michigan? <laughs> how? Uh, well,
0: I, d- does Michigan have to kind of think? It's like, listen, uh, we've talked to John Howard. We've extended his suspension throughout the Big Ten tournament because they're playing good basketball now. That oh. win today was huge. Did you see how many spots were up for grabs in the Big Ten tournament today? Think no. about this just in general. All no. right. In in a league that has 14 teams that play college basketball. 14 teams in the Big Ten play college basketball. Do you know how many seeds were decided heading into today, the final day of the regular season, for the 14-team Big Ten tournament? How many? Two. Two. That was it. The 14 seed Minnesota was going to be DFL, and Indiana was set as the nine. Outside of that, everything was wide open today. And then, what? Johnny Davis gets hurt, so you have to wonder about where Wisconsin is going forward after seeing him go down. But uh, that wouldn't be too bad. All right, here's. Let me give you another one. Go
1: ahead. Oh, I just want to say, uh, maybe I agree with Eric on this. Maybe this is one of the reasons why I said it wasn't highly pubbed. The 6 p.m. Eastern tip was a weird time for. Um, he goes, I yes. wonder how thrilled the ACC is with their best game stuck in this slot. That was another six o'clock tip off that not, I, I just wasn't ready for that
0: one. You know what I mean? Sometimes I think that it's very short sighted uh, on, on ESPN side. And I think and I don't know where these deci- these guys make a lot more money than I do. And I could help them out for a, just a small consulting fee. You don't have to start a game at the same time every single week. What <laughs> the hell are we doing? We get caught up in these time slots with college right. basketball. College and football. in push, push college football, push that back to 7 o'clock Eastern. You know, think about Or maybe, maybe even 8 o'clock Eastern on a Saturday saying, isn't night. It,
1: isn't it 7? No, it is 6 and 8, right? Is that the way it is or what?
0: I, I mean, it seems I like every know. single big game starts at 6 o'clock Eastern on ESPN for college basketball. It always does, and I, I've never understood it. It's like, listen, push yeah. that bad boy back. People will stay up for Duke and North Carolina, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, 5P Pacific. I mean, you're tipping this thing off at 6 o'clock Eastern time, and I don't have to be the math guy here
1: for you, but that's what.
0: 3 o'clock on yeah, the West Coast? Not, yeah, on what Saturday. What are you doing that, yeah. on a Saturday?
1: Yeah, that that that's, they could have moved it back easily to 8 o'clock Eastern and probably could have gotten a lot more coverage. Tanner says it was the most hype event. Um, what do I mean that uh, that he's ever seen? Arnie, you're crazy. It even had Coach, uh, coach Cam you on go. the ACC network. There you go. Yeah, what are you talking about? I just would have liked something outside the box. Not something <laughs> You know something a little bit different with the announcing and all that stuff, you know? I think you got just about everything you could possibly want or
0: get on that front. All right. Hey, when we come back, we're going to head to Vegas. I've got all kinds of conference tournament uh, questions for Todd Furman. As always, Arnie and Plank is brought to you in part by Indeed. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire video Visiting Indeed.com/credit. We're heading to Vegas next on Fox Sports Radio. It's Arnie and Plank on the Fox Sports Sunday. Let's head to Vegas, shall we? Our yes. man Todd Furman joins us. It is a big week. It's the start. Well, I guess some conference tournaments already underway. Loyola Chicago winning the MVC, but. Todd, are we seeing as much buzz or even more so around some of these conference tournaments and especially now with legal wagering everywhere? Does it kind of amp it up a little bit?
3: It will amp up betting handle a little bit, but at the same time, conference tournaments pale in comparison to the betting handle that you're going to see uh, this time next week when the field of 68 is announced and everybody decides that they're going to be a college expert uh, for the span of about three weeks. So while conference tournaments cater professional bettors and there is a massive volume of games to kind of comb through, it won't get anywhere close the kind of betting handle that sportsbooks will expect once the tournament field is known.
1: Todd, they say it's wide open. What do you do? Bet the dog? Bet the dog? Bet the dog? Take as many points as you can and then bet uh, like 20 to 1 long shots to win the whole thing or what?
3: You know, honestly, I feel like we've said this over the last couple of years, that there's parity in college basketball, that the field is wide open, yet it's Gonzaga and it's Baylor getting to the national championship, that the cream rises to the top because we do see the upsets in the early few rounds. A Cinderella that's seated in that 12 or 13 line is going to win two games and get through to the second weekend. But it's so hard to catch lightning in a bottle and keep it there for the span of six games, despite some of the parity that we've seen and some of the jockeying for position as far as the top overall seeds are concerned. In my opinion, the SEC has done more than any other league to assert themselves as far as being top-heavy. I'm not going to rule out the Big 12. I think the biggest conference that I have question marks about is the Big 10. You know, are they truly elite, or are they just beating up on one another? Uh, I think proof is in the pudding, and there's a reason that that league hasn't really been able to capture a national championship since the Flintstones, Michigan State, <laughs> back in the early 2000s.
0: That is a, a lot of Big 10 teams, though, that are going to get a chance in the big dance. I, I know the Big East tournament has lost some of its luster right whenever you no longer have Syracuse competing and listen nothing says Madison Square Garden Big East tournament like a good old-fashioned Butler Xavier matchup in the first round but I don't know Todd something about Providence has me so curious about this league and what I think has the potential to be one of the most competitive uh, conference tournaments
3: Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at it, I mean, we know what Jay Wright brings to the garden every year with Villanova. This is a team that's shown flashes of being elite, but they've also shown that they can be pedestrian uh, on any given night. I think UConn is one of the more enigmatic sides, a team that we've seen at its absolute best that can go toe to toe with any team in the country. But when they were dealing with some injuries, they really struggled for stretches. And you mentioned Providence. When you dig into the Friars' resume, and this isn't to take anything away from what Ed Cooley has been able to accomplish, I wonder if there's an asterisk that should be placed by their regular season title. and they've played fewer games, and they're all against teams that they may very well have had chances to lose against. And when you look at their record in games decided by very slim margins, they've been rather fortunate. So when I look at the overall body of work for a team like Providence, it's the team that could be the poster child as a four seed that draws a, San, a South Dakota State or a Murray State coming out of those mid-majors where you're talking about Providence a modest favorite or maybe even an underdog given where they stack up in some of people's power numbers. Oh, I,
1: I love Murray State. Absolutely love Murray State. Let me let me ask you, are we off by a week or something like that? Only three teams have uh, clinched spots in the tournament. Uh, a lot of the mid-majors are usually get their tournaments done or at least get into the finals by now. Um, we're going to see everything this week, the mid-majors and the majors. So
3: I don't know, were we off a week or something like that, Todd, or what? No, you'll have a lot of games that'll get defined tomorrow night. I mean, when you look at the big board, I mean, the Southern Conference and the Sun Belt will see, you know, a couple of their best teams do battle. The Horizon League will crown a champion on Tuesday night, the same night that the Summit League will. The West Coast Conference has been one of the more interesting leagues as they've tried to create more buzz. And I know Gonzaga for years pushed back, saying that they were off too long before they had to go into the NCAA tournament. So they've tried to move their schedule accordingly. As a result, so that championship will be on Tuesday wow. night, and then you'll see the big boys take center stage a lot of the power conference teams, especially those with double buys, you know, won't tip off until Friday, and you'll see a couple of teams play on Sunday, but no real major changes to the schedule. I think the one good thing for fans of college basketball that we can take a little bit of solace in is a team like Murray State that probably would have been on the bubble, not sure the resume would have held up, is able to punch their ticket, get into the field of 68. Loyola Chicago, they had double revenge against Drake, and they get through the Missouri Valley Conference Championship today, and a team that'll be a debutante in the NCAA tournament in long finishes the year 24 and six. So at least we're seeing the best of the small major conferences get in. And I think that's what makes the tournament a lot more fun than when you see a team come out of the Northeast conference that finished ninth during the regular season, you know, happen to get hot for one day and the best team with the full body of work gets sent packing.
0: So with that in mind, Todd, are we going to put a little bit more emphasis, you think, for maybe getting in for some of these bubble teams based on the uh, based on the tournaments? Or do you think it's still going to be kind of same as it ever was?
3: I think we always fall victim to recency bias, and when I say, you know, we do, it's general public, but the committee does as well. They look to try and make a case for some of these blue bloods that are out there, and I'm sure we're going to hear all week long that with two wins in the Big Ten tournament that somehow Indiana is going to be relevant, despite their record sitting at 18 and 12. I know where some of the leaders in the clubhouse, as far as Ken Palm and the other college basketball aficionados have them, but for me, Chris, it boils down to, I don't care what league you play in, when you finish it regular season two and seven in your final nine games i don't care if you win two games in the conference tournament unless you get your automatic bid i'm not buying into your current form or your overall strength of resume when you've been beaten up by all the teams that actually have a pulse within your conference
1: what's better in vegas uh being out there for super bowl sunday or being out there for week one of the uh, tournament
3: It's all such a different atmosphere. Super Bowl Sunday, everything is a build-up to one event, so that's a little bit anticlimactic, but at the same time, there's a lot more posh and pageantry around it. There's typically more you know, higher-end parties, and you have more lucrative bettors that are coming out here. The NCAA tournament, that first 48 hours, Thursday and Friday, and we can even go into Wednesday night, feels a lot more like a fraternity party than anything else. People (laughs) meet up with their buddies from across the country, it gets raucous, and when one game is over, I mean, your investment, you have a chance to bet over and over over again so you have a laundry list of games and if you're staying for the full four days you essentially have 48 games to plunk down your cash on so if you didn't know anything about the Jackrabbits going in suddenly they win one game and you happen to know who the first two guys coming off of their bench are when i look at some of the other things though about vegas as we're talking about sports weekend i think one of the bigger times if you're a huge college basketball fan is this week because you have so many tournaments out here that you can attend whether it's the mountain west at thomas and mac the west coast conference tournament at the orleans uh, uh, the Pac-12 that is at T-Mobile. So you have so many options live in person that you can bet. Uh, but I also personally uh, gravitate towards the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 because you can sit by the pool all day long and you can watch some great basketball when the sun goes down in late afternoon or early evening.
0: I could talk all night with you, Todd, but uh, uh-huh. I'll let you go on this. Um, I, I, I know it's going to be there in Vegas, and I know Arnie's probably already bugging you about the Pac-12 and getting out there, um, but I just I get the sense – this continues to be that audition that not they really not as if they really need one. It's just a matter of time before we get an NBA team in that arena, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think it's going to happen. But, you know, from some of the folks that I've spoken to, they're of the mindset that there could be an additional arena built out here if the NBA were to bring a team uh, and find other investors to get involved and maybe put it somewhere in the suburbs attached to a casino. We know that the stations, family of casinos with the Fertita brothers, have very deep pockets. So it'll Mm -hmm. be interesting to see which ownership group would be out here. Uh, I'm not sure how the city could potentially support as many as four major sports teams, despite the discussion about an MLS team, given that we. We have a team in the USL out here now, but Vegas is continuing to grow. It's a sexy destination, and if they can get the right people behind it, I mean, any of these teams can be a success, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how quickly the NBA decides to move an existing franchise here or maybe even expand into Las Vegas over the next three or five years.
0: You're the man. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate Thanks, it. Tom. Always love the conversation.
3: You got it, boys. Always a pleasure. Arnie, if we talk this time next week, I expect your Arizona Wildcats, regardless of how they perform in Vegas, to be one of the number one seeds because it'll make it that much more enjoyable if they get upset by an 8-9 seed in the opening weekend of the tournament.
1: Todd, I don't think you remember this. When they weren't even in the top 25, I told Plank, they're the number one team in the country and now look who's right. I'm 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 Mr. College Basketball.
3: I also believe you told Plank at the same time that this was going to be the year that the New York Knicks could capitalize on the momentum <laughs> that they started last year. Thank you, and as I look at the Knicks, despite a dominant performance with a win outright tonight at the Crypto. dot com Center, that 25 and 38, soon to be 26 and 38 record, probably not going to have them punching a ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals. By,
1: by the way, what can I get my Arizona Wildcats to win
3: the NCAA what, like five to one? No, the numbers a little bit higher than that. They're kind of in that oh. 8 to 1, 10 to 1 range, they oh, yeah. shop around, but a money line rollover if seeds were to hold would yes. take substantially better than the 100 and 150 to 1 that was widely available before the season oh. started.
1: Oh there my go. goodness! I could have been like Clay Travis and gotten a summer home. Oh my goodness! Sure. absolutely. <laughs> all
0: right, Todd Furman, go follow him on Thanks, Twitter at Todd. Todd Furman Bet
1: the Board podcast. Talk to you next week, buddy.
3: Uh, Always a pleasure, boys. Uh, That's hundred
1: and fifty to one. Oh my goodness! Too shabby,
0: right? Well, you probably would have bet him every year. All right, Steve DeSager comes rolling in with everything going on in the world of sports, and it's a final. Arnie doesn't have to quit. <laughs>
4: yeah, we were all hoping, but there you go. The Knicks did win one sixteen ninety three at the Clippers, so everything's final in the NBA as we talk talking about Arizona Wildcats, by the way, keep in yeah. mind, it could be very good for both Arizona and Gonzaga the way the field is with the host cities this year. Gonzaga, as number one overall, could stay in the West region, and that first week of games be in Portland, Oregon, but the other West games are at San Diego State, so Arizona could just go to Southern California, not very far. They could have a lot of fans there and be one seed in the so-called South region, but you know with that pod system, they'd be playing in Southern California the oh, first is, uh, jerry palm i love his bracketology for years with cbs he has san diego state making the field for example but being sent to the east region he has all of these teams as of today together in the East region. San Diego State, UCLA, Baylor, Texas, Kentucky, and Duke. If wow. that's the case. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, and somebody's going to have to have a region like that. But good luck getting out of that. You will have earned your way. By the way, of one that. of the
1: matchups I saw was Vermont against UCLA. In the first round of the tournament. Really? I with that, yeah.
4: Really? He had uh, New Mexico State against UCLA. For those who don't know, Vermont is 18-1 and against yeah. America East teams after winning the conference quarterfinal. They've been on fire today. I talked
0: to your boy Tom Brennan today. Arby. Oh, yeah? How's he so doing? He's good. He's good. He thinks they've got a shot. Thinks they're going to make a run. Former Vermont head coach, by the way. Oh, okay. Nice. All of Fame
4: Selection like Sunday for March Madness is next Sunday. The NCAA tournament starts with the first four games in mid-March. This year's Final Four will be in New Orleans. The regular season ended tonight. There was a good game on FS1 from the Big Ten. Top 25 matchup. Illinois beat Iowa 74 72. You mentioned that seedings weren't decided until the last moment for the Big Ten tournament coming up this week. That included Iowa, which had a chance to get a bye all the way into the quarters. Instead, apparently, Rutgers gets the four seed and a bye to the quarterfinals. Rutgers is good. Iowa on free throws That's tonight. Junior. They lost a two point game, and Iowa was 10 for 22 on free Ouch. throws, and that included two misses late in the game. They lost by two. Illinois finished is tied for first with Wisconsin in conference. Illinois gets the one seed. Tenth-ranked Wisconsin lost at home to Nebraska, 74-73. Nebraska had been 3-16 in league play. Uh, The Huskers had a late 12-0 run. The bad news, potentially, for Wisconsin is that a guy who averages 20 points a game for them, Johnny Davis, left with an injury early in the second half, and he was hurt on a flagrant foul on a layup. Wisconsin is off until Friday's conference quarterfinals. What if he can't play, and then they don't do well this week. You know the committee would take that into consideration. Michigan won at number 23, Ohio State 75-69. So Michigan goes 11-9 and in conference. Will they get in? Michigan State was 11-9 and in conference after Michigan beating Maryland today. Well, Michigan does get Coach Jawan Howard back now. He has finished his five game suspension. I mentioned the Spartans beat Maryland. Michigan State will play Maryland this week in the conference tournament. And in fact, the Jerry Palm listing had Memphis as one of the first four teams having to play the so-called play-in games, wow. and then Memphis win and destroyed fourteen oh, straight Houston, Houston. Yeah. today. 75-61, Houston with 20 turnovers in the loss. Memphis was up 20 points at the half. The Memphis Tigers have won 10 of their last 11 games, including two wow. wins against Houston, so yeah, I think they're in. Loyola-Chicago takes the Missouri Valley Conference Final, beating Drake 64-58. Attendance was 5,000 in St. Louis for Arch Madness, as they call it. The Big South final went to Longwood 79-58 over Winthrop. Longwood from Virginia went 18-1 in its conference and goes to its first ever NCAA tournament. The late game in the NBA, not only did the Knicks win that ends a seven game losing streak they beat the Clippers in LA 116-93, R.J. Barrett 24 points, that ends the Clips five game winning streak. Denver in overtime beat New Orleans, ended the Pelicans four game winning streak. For the Nuggets Nikola Jokic, he'll get MVP votes again again. Great again tonight. Triple-double including 46 points. Houston ended a 12 game losing streak beating Memphis at Boston today. 54 points for Jason Tatum in a win over Brooklyn wow. 126 to 120. The Brooklyn Nets record 32 and 33. The Clippers who have essentially nobody on the roster this year 34 and 32 couple games over the 500 mark. NASCAR win for Alex Bowman. Golf victory for Scotty Scheffler. And, yes, baseball's labor negotiations resumed today in New York. That's about the only positive news. The ML did not, MLB did not have a good response to what they were giving. Back to you.
0: Thanks a lot, uh, Steve. Yeah, and we really appreciate Bernie Frato coming on with us back in Hour 1. If you missed any of that, you can find it on the podcast, uh, However You Consume Podcast, iHeartRadio. Great podcast page. Search Fox Sports Radio Weekends. Boom! You're going to find Bernie Frato talking about some of the concerns he has because, listen, we haven't talked a ton about it tonight, but there, there was a very interesting tweet thrown out by one uh, – I almost said Steve Levy – Carl Ravitch. Now, um, <laughs> Steve Levy, I'd be like, oh, gosh, this guy again. I'm kidding. But Carl Ravitch threw this out, and I'm curious to get your take. Now, is it a little bit over the top? Maybe. But he tweeted – Right. It is becoming increasingly apparent and this is the voice of Sunday night baseball. It is becoming increasingly apparent that we may not have a major league season in 2022. Both sides believe they have made significant concessions to others to the other. Each side points at the other as having not done nearly enough. As has been reported, the word of the day is deadlock. Now, that could be a little bit melodramatic, but, Arnie, yeah. have you reached that point of concern? No.
1: I matter of fact, I'm surprised he said that. I know he's Mr. Baseball and he has better information, but th- he didn't say, uh, according to my sources, he said, um, based on everything we've heard now, so everybody has the same information. I don't know why he would say that. I, I feel like um, we're going to miss April and we'll play about 135 to 140 games. Vegas has put the number at 140, I believe, or 141. Okay. So, um, no, I'm I'm shocked at it, actually. I, I still think we're going to get it done, and we'll get things started May 1st or something like that. So, in other words, if
0: you were to set, I feel like when we did shows, not to bring back kind of tough memories, but when we would do shows during COVID, it was very much list season, but we would also be setting, all right, hey, next Sunday – is this the week when we get baseball back? Right, is this right. the week whenever we actually start or restart the NBA season? And we'd always kind of set an over-under at a date. And I think, by the way, I think we, we absolutely missed the very first date, which was late May when we did that. If you were to set a date, would you make it as soon as May 1st? Or do you think it might span into m- the middle of May for an over-under as to when the season starts?
1: I think the season's going to start in May. I don't know if it'll okay. be May 1st or halfway through. I'm assuming within the first week or two. You can't just start getting rid of a whole bunch of games here. you got to be a little bit cognizant of what's going on um, with the fans and you know how many games you want in. So I think sometime in May. But I am completely disagree with Carl Ravage, who was thinking that there might not be a season. Yeah, I don't think we're,
0: we're quite there yet. Now, Arnie... Uh, talk to me in a month, and maybe we'll have a completely different conversation. But that March 31st, April 1st, I know we've already canceled the first two series, but I don't want to get to the point where we start canceling that third and that fourth series of the season. Then I'll start really panicking a bit as a baseball fan. All right, listen, we've got to take a break. When we come back, let's dive into all the news of the day, get you caught up in some of your great tweets as well here on Fox Sports Radio. Hiring, heating up, Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed whose resumes match your job description. Visit Indeed.com credit. Arnie and Plank. On a Fox Sports Sunday, what's going on, Steve DeSager?
4: Well, a lot to get to. We mentioned the Clippers don't have famous people on the court. Let's just put it that way. And there's still a couple games over 500. Who, who knows when we'll see Kawhi Leonard again. They keep saying, uh, Paul George getting better and better. Okay, fine. But in the meantime, you got people like Reggie Jackson as a starter for the Clippers tonight. Four of 18 shooting from the floor. <laughs> from three-point range, 0 of 8. On the court, he was a minus 33. Wow. When he played, the Clippers got outscored by 33 against the Knicks in this game tonight. And I must mention the game for Utah's Bojan Bogdanovic tonight. He had not just 35 points. The win was at Oklahoma City for Utah, from three-point range, he was 11-for-18. Wow. Oklahoma City, as a team, was only (laughs) 8-of-40 from long distance. In fact, uh, doing the math, the Thunder, if you just look at the Thunder starters, they were 1-of- 25 from three-point range, and here one guy on the other team made 11 three-pointers. And by the way, he was 0-of-1 from two-point range, which means Bogdanovich is now the first player in league history to make at least 11 threes in the game (laughs) and not make a single two-pointer in the same game. Unreal. Denver's won 10 of 12. They got the overtime win tonight against New Orleans. Nikola Jokic, great again with the triple-double. These were 40 his points. numbers. Yeah, He had
1: 40 points in the fourth quarter in overtime, right? Or, it was 30, 30 points 30, yeah. from
4: the fourth 30. quarter on tonight. Wow. He wound up shooting 16 of 22, so it's a rare triple-double with that many points and shooting 70%. I mean, it's like Wilt Chamberlain territory. It was really <laughs> incredible. But this, these were the final totals for Jokic tonight. 46 points 12 rebounds, 11 assists... Not bad. three steals and four blocks. In the 50 years or so since steals and blocks have been added to the stat sheet in the NBA, literally no one in NBA history has ever had a stat line like that with those totals in those five categories Mm. until Jokic tonight. Insane. We have... NASCAR on Fox again next Sunday. The event will be at Phoenix. Today on Fox from Vegas, Alex Bowman was the winner, and he only led for 16 laps but won in overtime by less than two-tenths of a second. It's his seventh career victory. Last weekend, if you compare the TV ratings, Sunday, St. Petersburg, Florida, was the IndyCar series opener last weekend. On NBC, that got 1.4 million viewers. NASCAR got over four point four million on Fox for the return to Southern California. And also last weekend there was another TNT hockey game. They had the NHL starting this year. They had one of the outdoor games in a football stadium. Nashville hosted last weekend. The ratings were about 600,000 for that, or I should say up to 600,000 for that, because things have been so bad for national hockey ratings. That was actually TNT's best rating since the Winter Classic on New Year's. (laughs) The ESPN hasn't been getting much uh, in the way of that either. It's one of the lowest rated u.s outdoor games that they've had as for golf and i must tell you uh, two items specifically about the money that was at stake in orlando this weekend the guy who won and he only won by one stroke was scotty scheffler taking the arnold palmer invitational he earned over 2.1 million dollars this weekend 2.1 mil is more than arnold palmer himself earned from all 50 years on the tour combined
0: (laughs) oh my gosh Oh, my gosh.
4: Billy Horschel shot a final round 75 today. And you know tonight he's saying, man, if I just had one shot here or one, if if I just shot a 74, instead he fell to a tie for second place. And the difference between first and second place money was more than $1 million. Rory McIlroy shot 76 today. He falls to a tie for 13th place. A tie for 13th still got you nearly $230,000 for one weekend's work. The Masters is one month away. Only 10 golfers finished this week's tournament under par. Some tough scoring there. And as we get toward March Madness, keep in mind as you're filling out the brackets, NCAA itself was pointing this out. Since they expanded the field of the tournament back in the mid 1980s, two-thirds of the champs were number one seeds. There's usually somebody that breaks through. It's almost never all one seeds in the final four. In fact, that's literally only happened once, 2008. But don't go nuts on the underdogs getting all the way to the final four, because if you go back the last 30 years, just over 10 percent have been seeded number seven or worse. That made it all the way to a Final Four, like UCLA last year or Loyola Chicago a few years ago. They used an example of a bracket challenge game from a decade ago that nationally, the top four finishers in that game, they each only got half of their Final Four picks right. But the key was they got the championship matchup correct predicting both teams correctly, and predicting the national champ correctly. You get big points, of course, later in your rounds, later in the bracket. So tips as we head toward March Madness, and it is Selection Sunday next Sunday. Next Sunday night, Selection
0: Sunday is already here. All right, I got college basketball good stuff to Sager and some incredible tweets to kick off our final hour, plus Arnie's picks right around the corner. It's Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour, Arnie and Plank from Fox Sports Radio. Woo, Arnie, you got to you got to feel pretty good. I mean, think about it. Your team yeah. is as bad as they've been the last two or three years. They're pretty much a lock to be a one seed next week. Now again, it's I shouldn't say a lock.
1: They're in a good position. No, we are a lock. We're a lock. I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, we are a lock. We're a lock. Well, a- again, we're the best team in the country.
0: All right, why do I even try to talk college basketball with you? You're not a lock to be a one seed. How many people said Arizona
1: was the best team in the country when they were outside the top 25?
0: Every single year. I was right this this year. This isn't one of those shoot a gun in the air enough times eventually you hit a duck. I'm telling you, (laughs) you've got an opportunity to be a one seed. But as Joe Lenardi has pointed out, and by the way, I don't know which bracketologist you buy into. There's 200 of them on Twitter now. But he said there's six legit contenders right now for a one seed. And you got to feel good that you're right there in that mix, right? You've right. got to feel think, good.
1: Well, Gonzaga's probably going to go ahead. So they might as well just go ahead and give them the number one. Right. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be Baylor, Arizona, Kansas. And the other two, is he thinking about um, Auburn, Kentucky? I'm, I'm not sure. Wisc- well, Wisconsin's not going to do it. Maybe Duke. But they just had the loss to. Uh, North Carolina. I think so. right
0: now it's it's Auburn and Duke that okay. they're looking at as the teams that are p- potential one seeds. And uh, and I'm curious what I mean. Do these teams have to go win the their conference tournament yes. in order to, to to be that one seed? I don't know. They have um, to win their
1: conference tournament. And hope one of the teams ahead of the uh, the other one seeds lose. So
0: in other words, they with their loss today, Wisconsin's out. From being a one seed, they're yes. going to be probably either the last two seed or the first three seed. But your six are Gonzaga ba- and and I think Gonzaga is pretty slam dunk. I think Baylor is okay. Arizona and, and, and Kansas in a pretty good spot. But then the next two, Auburn and Kentucky, with Duke kind of trying to scratch and claw to be in that mix. So. I mean, dude, from where you were the last two years, if you just kind of pause for a moment instead of just trying to say, like, you're the best,
1: you got to feel pretty good about where this team is. I do. By the way, do they – this is probably stupid, but do they – if it's borderline, do they make Duke number one because of the Coach K factor or no? I hope not. I don't, I, is that I a possibility? Not. Or no, I'm sure it great. is. Because really.
0: they can always say, well, in this metric here, Duke was more impressive, so that's why they got the nod.
1: Well, if you, if you lose a player, they're, they downgrade you. So um, I guess they have the right to move you up and move you down. I just didn't know if they were going to move Duke if it was borderline to a number one and give him a favorable matchup. By
0: the way, uh, a couple of things that happened tonight, Wisconsin losing today means that they're – out of the mix for a one seed. This is according to Joe Lenardi. Illinois, with its win and Big Ten championship, uh, co-championship, I guess. Because uh, Illinois is the one seed heading into the tournament. Arnie, uh, Il- Illinois is up to a four seed Ooh. now. So they've kind of shot up a little bit. And I still don't know if Kentucky is any good in their three seed heading into the tournament. <laughs> so next week, the brackets will be out. You won't have to watch any of the tournament games because Arnie will have his whole bracket filled out by the time this show starts next Sunday night and there won't be anything, and I mean anything, that changes his mind once the bracket is
1: filled out. I think I'm going to pick Arizona, but don't hold me to that.
0: Oh, I guarantee you're going to pick Arizona. <laughs> you pick Arizona when there are nine seats so we're not going to be a, too terribly shocked by it.
1: I was looking at Lenardi's matchups. If Arizona wins their first game, they would probably play the winner of North Carolina-Iowa State. I don't want to have that. I don't like that matchup.
0: Yeah, well, there's an update to the update then. Oh, you, you you need to refresh that bad boy okay. because in his most recent update, he has you in the second round potential. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. He's moving. Oh, no, like, you did. Oh, yeah. earlier today, it was TCU that you could have had in the second round. Yeah. Now in his most recent update, you have North Carolina and Iowa State. Both teams might be better than you. Oh, my God. Wow. You're going to lose in the
1: second round.
0: Damn. I don't like that matchup.
1: You. Yeah, I don't like to play North Carolina in the second round.
0: Uh, Iowa State. It's funny because I thought Iowa State was good and then they went to Oklahoma State Wednesday or Thursday night, and scored like 12 points and a half. It was one of the most abysmal offensive performances I've ever seen in my life. But March Madness is here. We all pretend way, they... like we care about college basketball, and there were ex- experts about it for a week.
1: We were talking about it yesterday. They, uh, Jason Martin, I think, said that they they feel like there's going to be more mid-majors this year than ever before. So uh, you're not going to get that seventh team or, the, or like the ninth team from the Big Ten or eighth team from the Big East or something like that. I I disagree. There's eight teams from the Big Ten. There's seven teams from the Big
0: East. There's six from the SEC. There's five from the ACC. I mean, the American had a Final Four team last year. The Mountain West has consistently got multiple teams in. I guess maybe I reject the notion that there's even this delineage between majors and mid-majors and and lower. I mean, obviously, there's the one-bid league. That's out there. There's a handful of those, but right. I kind of feel like we've been trending in that direction for quite a while in college well, basketball. I
1: just mean like had Murray State lost, they would not they have still been They would still Yeah, they would have still gotten it. But in years past, we've seen teams like that get eliminated, you know? Well, again, years passed, like ten years ago. I right. mean, more
0: now, more and more. I, I think the Missouri Valley conferences of the world. We've seen them be a multiple bid league. Yes, we've seen yes. the American. We've seen the OVC be a bolt. So, I, I again, I, I don't necessarily know if that's one of those hills where I'm like, by God, we're seeing more mid majors because we've been seeing them, right? I mean, it's I been guess a you're trend right, at that point. Yeah, but I will also say I still would fight and say that I would much rather see another mid-major get an opportunity than like a Texas a and or a Florida, right? Two teams that are playing in the first round of the SEC tournament that if either one of those teams win their first two games, which their second round game would be, I believe, against Auburn, Arnie, they might be in the big dance, right? And, and that would give the SEC a seventh team. And I don't know if that spot would be better suited for, say, uh, a team like Florida or maybe a team like VCU or Dayton. So I can yeah. see where that would be fair. I was By looking
1: way. at the at the playing games, not nearly as sexy as this last year's uh, playing games when you had some major teams out there. You know, What,
0: you're not saying that Cleveland State and Bryant <laughs> would do
1: it for you? Well, those are the 16 seeds. I, I look at the 12 seeds Oh, season.
0: Xavier, Wyoming, and uh, what, Rutgers, Rutgers SMU. and SMU. That's yeah, what yeah. Joe Leonardi's projecting yeah. right now. I don't even know. I wonder historically, because I, I know we've probably done this the week after, and then I completely forget about it. How right is he? The with week the before the teams the, the week of, before yeah. the big the, the conference tournament, right? I know that they're pretty tight whenever it comes to the 68 to get in, but Arnie, as far as the matchups, are oh, they usually close in no, what they project? No, they can't be.
1: No, no, not at all. They can't even be 25% right. I well, shouldn't even say that, but yeah, probably about 25-30% right right around there. Yeah, I, I'd
0: take that. Hey, that's better than what an NFL GM's hit rate is. It's to better be than the draft, right? I guess. I guess it's better than picking the first round of the draft. <laughs> all right, you want to hit a few tweets here before yeah, we yeah. get too carried away? I'm I'm all in. I've tried to sell you guys in the past that I think that this year could be one of the most competitive tournaments. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree that, hey, Mormon majors are getting an opportunity, but I feel like we've been doing that for the better part of the last five to, to eight to ten years, but I'm just – I think we've got a chance to have a truly unpredictable March Madness after a year, Arnie, when we had a pretty predictable one, right? Right. Last year, we all kind of thought it was a collision course for Baylor and Gonzaga, and those two teams ended up playing in the national championship game. All right, all right, some tweets. Here we go. Uh, I like this in talking about baseball from Mike. First guy, Mike writes, the top players are getting paid. The average salary is 4.2 mil. However, the median salary is only 1.1 mil. Salary structure is way out of whack, but it's the rich players on the players committee. They need a salary floor and a hard cap or we'll be right here. It's a good take from Mike in Jacksonville. Uh, It's a lot of money too, and I was told there wouldn't be any finances when I started covering sports, (laughs) but it seems that's why I'm always confused, right? And, And Bernie did a great job breaking it down. But you have people, oh, their salary, it's so unfair that I get paid enough. I'm like, I just saw what Corey Seager got from the Rangers. I think You know, that's kind of that hard sell, I think, for the players when they've got to really go out there, Arnie, and you're having Max Scherzer be a spokesperson from the negotiating room, and Max Scherzer has probably made close to half a billion dollars in his career. That's a hard sell to me about boohoo. the poor players aren't getting paid. I know I understand the background, but to me, I think the aesthetics of it aren't a good look.
1: You know, when people say, well, the owners are making enough money also – um, they own the team. They took the risk. Um, they're the ones that put their financial backing behind it and said, if we lose money, then we're in big, big trouble. So, you know, that's the way America is. The owners make the money. That's the way it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, a couple of others here. Let's see. A lot of good baseball stuff. Ronald, Ronald White uh, writes in English, why will they keep meeting if no one is willing to budge? Also, neither side is willing to meet in the middle. Maybe they should take what's on the table for one year and try again next season.
1: Optics. That's why they keep meeting. They don't want to be the bad uh, uh, person. So they're like, hey, we'll we'll continue to meet. We're ready to fix this thing. So public opinion, the public court won't blame the owners. But, again, I kind of stop and I think both
0: sides are losing. I I do like the thought, hey, let's – let's just get going, let's get playing, let's get back to the spring training, let's get this season started, and maybe we can reignite this in the offseason. The problem is owners will drag their feet, players will drag their feet. I mean, Arnie, go back to last May when they were trying to restart the bay- or two Mays ago in the middle of COVID. I mean, the, they, they would have meetings and wouldn't accomplish anything about when they were right. going to play again. Right. I, I don't. I, I ever like, say, "Oh, the baseball union is the strongest union in sports." I I get that, but also I wonder sometimes: Are they the most stubborn? Are, are the owners and is Rob Manfred truly acting in a position where he stops and says, "Guys, maybe we need to budge on this a little bit. We got to get back." I mean. Th- They've got to get back on the field. I don't care about missing the first two series, but future Chris sure as hell is going to worry about it in April when I'm like, I want to watch baseball, and it's not there, Arnie. Yeah, but other Someone's got to be an
1: adult in the room right now. Other than that, why must they get back uh, on the field by April or in April? Why Why do you say it like that? But just because you want to watch it, but um, what's what's at stake here? People are still going to go back. The game's not going to be hurt. Um, they're still going to get 140-plus games in, so um, – what what exactly, why do they have to get back so soon?
0: Okay, then let's just have them sit out the rest of the season. Then well, that cut you, there you go. There why there do they go. have to come back? I mean, listen, don't play baseball at all. Be jackasses and sit here and fight <laughs> billionaires fighting with 100 millionaires and try to make me feel sorry for either one of you. Yeah, you know what, Arnie? Let, let's just do away with baseball, all right? I already got yelled at for trying to talk combine. Let's just not have baseball. Would that be better for you? why? Why even do that? Why even have the season? It's... It's, you said it yourself. It's the optics of it, right? It's right. a sport that's fighting for its spot on the depth chart, and it's shooting itself in the foot.
1: You know, I, I said this before. Um, you take a look at the NFL. It seems like the game has grown significantly. The players are better. Same thing in the NBA. They've grown significantly significantly. You could even say that about the NHL. I don't know if I could say that about baseball, that they've grown the game. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I just don't feel like they have. Sorry if my connection
0: dropped there a little bit. I got yeah. too mad and I hit the equipment. Uh, one more from JP here before you grab a break. If MLB expands the playoffs, they shouldn't be surprised if interest in their sport drops during the regular season. Look at the NBA and the NHL. No one cares about these sports until the playoffs start.
1: you agree with JP? No, a lot of people are like that. I mean, regular season certainly is um being watered down when you have a lot of teams making the playoffs, but that's what I like. So, um that it's all about the playoffs, so get more teams in there. I have no problem with Major League Baseball getting fourteen teams in there.
0: Uh you know, let's just clear out all the baseball talk here. Uh, Pete writes, if MLB has most of the season canceled, would you really miss it? Fair question, kind of along the lines of what you were saying, right?
1: Right. If there was 80-plus games, I think people – if there was 100 games, I think people would be absolutely fine.
0: Fern writes – here you go. MLB starts in June, plays 100 games, and starts the playoffs. Four months of baseball is good, not seven months.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I just gave you. Yeah, again, if we're not going to do the split season, and I told you that's the only way to keep people, uh, you know, interested, you're going to have to, you know, knock off some of the games, but that money's going to kill them.
0: By the way, split seasons are kind of awesome in minor league baseball. It is. Uh, It is. Two other quick ones here. Uh, Brendan writes, owners and players arguing about money? What's new? I guess MLB stands for Major League Bums. I'm beyond mad. I'm trying to stay optimistic about it, right? I mean – Again, I, I try to stop every now and then and think, oh it's only a it's only a couple of series right now. they'll get it figured out but man, it seems like we got a lot of Debbie Downers on this front right now. let me,
1: let me ask you a question. I know that I'm not, I'm not really up on the whole TV contracts and stuff like that, but you got to assume that baseball gets their worst ratings in April um because of everything going on with the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, stuff like that. What would happen if they didn't play in April just picked it up in May? Um, and got better ratings. Would they get more money for the TV revenue or what? That's that's what I'm trying to figure out. So
0: your theory is they don't start until later. They expand the playoffs and get better ratings. Is that yes. kind of what you're laying out? Yes. Well, yes. it would make it more valuable in the future is right. what it would be. I mean, you're not going to get more money just based on, wow, we had great numbers right now. You've got to show growth over a couple of years, I think, for baseball more than anything. And they're still going to get paid a lot of money. Because there's nothing else on in the summer. <laughs> they got all the programming. Uh, and then one more quick one, then we'll yeah. move on from Major League Baseball. Uh, let's see. This one was from Sharon, who writes, I want to see a rule put in MLB, MLBPA agreement that any pitcher that hits a batter is immediately ejected. Oh wow. Or maybe even suspended a game. And bat flips are permitted. Too bad if the hit was an accident, pitch better. (laughs) Well, you can't throw someone out of a game, Sharon, for hitting a batter. I mean, that half the pitchers in baseball would be thrown out of a game, if not all of them. At You'd have some to have 20-man
1: staffs or something like that.
0: Right, if takes yeah. take staffs, maybe that's what they're going to. <laughs> all right, hey, uh, a lot of really good baseball stuff. So when we come back here on Fox Sports Radio, let's hit some of the NFL notes. There is a lot of buzz around Russell Wilson. And is this week the week where we get an, an answer from Aaron Rodgers? We'll dive into it next with Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Radio. Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Radio, brought to you in part by Indeed. If cold candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed. Because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com credit He's Arnie Spanier. I'm Chris Plank. Uh, two other quick baseball notes before yeah. we hit some football talk. Jason writes, 1981 was the year I fell in love with baseball, and it was a split season because of a work stoppage. I would be okay if they go back to that. Heck, I don't care what rules change. I just want games. I don't trust either side to bend.
1: If I If I remember correctly, though, wasn't that the year that the Reds had the best record in baseball if you added both halves and they didn't make the playoffs?
0: is that was that the rule in the MLB They didn't season? win either either
1: yeah they didn't win um they finished second I believe in both halves.
0: Ah, then the rules sorry everyone's got to play by them. All right. and then there was uh, one more here baseball that I thought was pretty but good
1: I'm not I sure won. 100% though but Then why would you say it? I don't know. Sometimes they come I'm right once in a while. Usually
0: 90% of your stories are, you know, that one time there was like a player and he, had, he didn't have a thumb, <laughs> but he like threw this awesome curveball and like, Sager's got to look it up. No, it wasn't him. Wasn't him. And then come to find out it was uh, John Heyman tweeted this earlier. By the way, my new favorite thing in, in sports media reporting, Arnie is how now diehard baseball fans. Have decided certain reporter uh, reporters are pro owner, certain (laughs) reporters are pro player. Right. I, I guess something. Oh, John Heyman's a mouthpiece for the owners. Jeff Passan is is telling players not to take. It's it's wild now what this has turned into. But kind of along the same line of what Carl Ravitch said, does it concern you at all with what John Heyman tweeted saying owners seem quite upset about players unions move today still suggest official offers are below ranges discussed just before the first deadline and characterize talks as deadlocked, more games in jeopardy.
1: They're making it sound doom and gloom. There's no doubt about that. But I, I still feel like if when they want to get it done, they can. It's not, that, it's not that far away. It's not that tough to get these things done. We've seen that before in the past. So I've, I've, I'm optimistic.
0: Look at this. 1981, you were right. The Cincinnati Reds season. The Reds finished with an overall record of 66-42, and 42, but because of the split season, they failed to make the playoffs. Well, I have no problem with that. Look
1: at that. that see, that's that's the, you can't do it just for that reason alone. That, that would
0: <laughs> One what one, one piece of example, somewhat 30-81. What was the last time we had it? Ago. Yeah, I mean, so you what? You can't
1: have a split season and then the team with the best record not go to the playoffs. But then again, if we're going to go ahead and expand it, then you really don't have to worry about that.
0: No, I I don't think you allow it. You're the king of trying not to knee-jerk changes, right? It's like, oh, we can't suddenly have a – a team that wins a division playing a road game in the first game, if they do it, great. If they don't, uh, it is what it is. What you got, Steve?
4: Well, what people don't mention as a second sentence to that, yes, the Reds wound up with the most wins in 1981, but every team that won the first half of the season had no great incentive to do well or to go hard in the second half. So that's why I don't think the players, this year's players, would like that because their whole thing is, let's to the end have everybody trying hard. Let's stop with the You know, stop paying people and, you know, go four or five years just loading up on draft picks, things like that. If they agree to 14 total teams in the playoffs, like MLB wants, the owner's plan is your division winner with the best record in each league gets a bye and goes straight to the division series. Your other two division winners in each league would get to choose their first round opponent. And play at home for the entire best of three first round. That, that's not an if,
1: by the way, with the 14 teams. That's, uh, that's going to be when. Uh, matter of fact, isn't it that, f- from what I heard, someone said to say that the TV contract is based on 14 teams going to the playoffs, right?
4: No. They have no. to negotiate that in the owner's hope, this exact thing that they're deadlocked on. At the moment, the players had only said okay to 12 total teams in the postseason. They'll go to 14 if they get concessions elsewhere. And as far as the TV contracts, remember, most of your games are on your local channel. If we're missing games into late April and May then teams will start have to issuing rebates to their local channel because the contracts, once you start missing 15 to 25 games, right. that part's written in. Now, national TV money, you get about $60 million per team for the future TV deals, but some clubs get more than $60 million just from their local channel, so they're not going to be, owners are not going to be happy Jeez. issuing rebates if, if we go into May and still don't have any baseball games, and of course already missing the first week or two of the season, players are not going to get their full salaries because there's not a full season.
1: Right, right. This is true.
0: All truth from Steve DeSager. And then one, gosh, you guys have been all over baseball tonight. I mean, we would have brought this up much earlier if we knew you were so fired up about it. Though we did have Bernie on in the first hour. Minnesota man Kevin asks a very good question. I don't know why the MLB wants to cancel the se- the first six games, but they're suddenly wanting to expand the playoffs.
1: Well. The theory it's is the money. That's what I'm, that's, I. That's the Sager said I'm wrong, but I thought it was the, the money in the TV was. Matter of fact, I think Hartman said that today.
0: Well, they haven't. There's nothing done. I mean, you can't say, "Oh yeah, we'll do 14 games or 14 playoff teams when you when you don't have them." I mean,
4: well, that's not done. Just like the draft lottery, which is coming, is not right. done. There's right, nothing exactly. done in this contract.
0: You can sit there and say, "Oh, it's part of the deal." Is it? Because if it doesn't happen, then it's not going to get done.
4: Because where we stood is the players have said, okay, up to 12 total teams. Beyond that, give us something. And as far as a draft lottery, okay, the bottom five teams, yes. We'd like it more. Maybe we're going to have to give you something.
0: There you go. Um, but I will say there are many that think that owners don't like April baseball. There are many that think that April baseball is, is a time when the owners don't make their most money. Right. Uh, they're competing with other sports, Right, and they kind of wouldn't mind if this season didn't start until May or maybe even June. So there is that theory that this has been a long-term play for the owners for a while because there's just not a lot to be gained in April outside of maybe for the diehard fans. So well, take that I, for what I, worth which
1: you. I brought that up to you before. I just no reason to go ahead and get it done in April. That's why that's why I said May first or the first week of May is looking more realistic.
4: Except the longer you go on, the more ancillary things you have to settle, right. such as the players not getting full salaries. So now, how long will the season be? That's another dispute. How many games am I gonna get paid for? Are you saying that the more games you cancel on me, I don't get any money from yeah, any exactly of those games. Yes, and yes, then the yes. players will say, what about my service time? You're locking me out. I was ready to serve at the beginning of the you'll season. You'll get
1: service time. 140 sub games, you'll get service time. One oh of the good gosh. proposals you was, right you know now, how Martin? they've
4: delayed major league debuts of top prospects like Chris right, Bryant when he was right, coming up with the Cubs? Right. One of the good proposals, because players don't want this whole service time manipulation, oh, they're not bringing him up in an opening day because that'll make him wait longer to be a free agent later. If a player finishes first 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 or second in rookie of the year voting. Exactly. He would be credited for a full year as if he was on the opening day roster. That's a Mm. curious one.
0: Mm. Look at you. Arnie, pro owner Spanier. Why don't you just go be, um, who was I saying? John Heyman. What's up, John Heyman? All right. um, Listen. A lot of good baseball stuff. I owe you some NFL talk, so when we come back, we'll dive into the latest buzz on Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. But first, one final time tonight, Steve DeSegre, and to get you caught up on everything in the world of sports. What's going on, Steve?
4: NFL in a moment, but yes, in New York, baseball's labor negotiations resumed today. They met for about 90 minutes. Union wants to meet tomorrow. We'll see, because the owners say things are deadlocked, so losing more games is a possibility. Therefore, MLB claimed that today's proposal from the players was worse than a week ago and was, quote, not designed to move the process forward. At the NFL Combine, which you mentioned at the start of the show tonight, Baylor defensive back Kalen Barnes ran the 40 in 4.23 seconds, one of the fastest times of the last 20 years there. On-field workouts concluded today. The NFL Draft in Vegas late April. Of course, baseball is run by such idiots, they'll probably eventually get something done with the Union deal and then try and have opening weekend opposite the NFL draft. Way to go.
1: <laughs> Who picked up right. the most trash at the Combine? Do you have that? You don't <laughs> yeah. have that one? one guy picks up trash and it's Unless one they go
4: through top cones top. to do it, then no. That's, <laughs> okay. that's uh, not uh, part no. of the yeah. thing. The Packers resumed negotiations with defensive back Jair Alexander on an extension. Recently, he will finish his rookie deal after the upcoming season. Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers is likely to in form the team of his future plans by Tuesday, according to longtime reporter Michael Silver. The Packers do have until Tuesday to franchise tag wide receiver Devontae Adams. The new league year doesn't start till March 16th. And the USFL schedule comes out tomorrow. Ooh. It's a 10-week regular season with all the games played in Birmingham, and it starts in mid-April. Playoffs will be in Canton, Ohio at the Hall of Fame stadium.
1: Doesn't quite have that NFL feel when they release the schedule. you, know what I mean? you don't <laughs> Yeah, not that, quite the not same. Not quite yes. the same feel. But Come
4: whatever. on! Stallions. Yeah. The Masters you be
1: breaking down every team, every game, every every <laughs> well, day, every early. Monday night game, everything. There's no
4: LA Express or you know yeah. the Washington uh Federals or whatever. In fact, it was because I remember people were joking this Saturday. It's the Federal Express game. (laughs) The the Masters is one month away. Scotty Scheffler won the Arnold Palmer Invitational in Orlando by one stroke, taking over $2 million this weekend. Alex Bowman won the NASCAR race in Vegas. Kyle Larson finished second. Next Sunday's event is at Phoenix, also on Fox TV. As for college hoops, the regular seed is is done. Illinois beat Iowa 74-72 tonight. Nebraska was with the upset win at a 10th-ranked Wisconsin 74-73. Michigan won at Ohio State. Memphis ripped 14th-ranked Houston. Loyola Chicago took the crown, taking the Missouri Valley Conference Final. onto the dance. Longwood won the Big South Final. onto the NCAAs for the first time. And we've got, I believe it's three conference title games tomorrow because in the semis in the Patriot League today, Navy won in overtime, Colgate advanced. Southern Conference semis wins for Furman and Chattanooga. Sunbelt semis, Louisiana and Georgia State. Selection Sunday for March Madness next Sunday. And the number one team in women's hoop, South Carolina lost the SEC tournament final. Yeah, that. that. was a great game. On a late three-pointer. 64-62 to Kentucky. The New York Knicks' seven-game losing streak is over. They dominated Woo. the Clippers tonight, 116 93 Houston's 12-game losing streak is over after beating Memphis. And Houston trailed by 10 at the half. Utah and Cleveland each won. Denver won in overtime. Nikola Jokic, triple-double. Victories for Washington, Milwaukee and Boston, which saw fifty-four points from Jason Tatum in a win over Brooklyn, one twenty-six to one twenty. Head coach Steve Nash cleared health protocols and got sick watching this because the Nets record is thirty-two and thirty-three this year. They've <laughs> lost six of seven. Doesn't matter. Kevin Durant, thirty-seven points, eight assists, seven turnovers. Back to you.
0: Yeah, thanks, Steve. Have a great week, buddy. All right, it's Arnie and Plank here on Fox Sports Radio. As always, brought to you in part by Indeed. Hiring seating up. Indeed's hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates on Indeed, whose resumes match your job description. Okay, so do you get the sense, Arnie, this is the week we'll hear something from one Aaron Rodgers?
1: Yes, absolutely. I, I thought that it was a guarantee that we were going to hear from my by Tuesday do, or Wednesday,
0: do you get the sense that anything with Aaron Rodgers is guaranteed?
1: No. Okay. I, uh, I, again, I, I guess I shouldn't say guaranteed, but yes, I <laughs> I feel like we're going to hear this week by Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, the latest on what he's going to want to do. I'll give my prediction, but um, gosh, as much as I want to say he wants to go to another team, I think he'll end up going back to Green Bay when it's all said and done. Uh,
0: Peter King just uh, released his Football Morning in America. Remember. Big fan, uh, in the offseason, not really so much in season. Here's what he writes. Okay. There's one narrative out there that Rodgers will make his call by Tuesday, but I don't know why that matters, writes Peter King. The Packers are very likely to franchise another good Rodgers pal, wide out Devontae Adams. Right. If Rodgers goes, I still think it's to an AFC team. And as I wrote in December, Denver is most likely – the Broncos are most desperate and will pay the Packers a boatload of picks and at least one good player for the 38-year-old quarterback.
1: Yeah, but I, I thought then he doesn't want to go to that division based on how tough it is and all the quarterbacks that are in that with Herbert and Mahomes and and Carr that he's like, forget about that. Apparently he doesn't care. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm
0: just assuming, right? Right, right, and right. how much of this – Will be Green Bay doing him a solid and saying, You want to go here, we'll send you there. Right? Will they do the Stafford thing? I don't I don't know. Now again, Detroit didn't give away Stafford, right? They LA had to give up a lot to get him, and it's right. worth it. They won the Super Bowl, right? I don't think Green Bay's given up Aaron Rodgers and I mean Gutenkist even said, Hey, you know, we, we never promised that we we're gonna make some godfather or some brother in law deal with Aaron Rodgers. So I don't know, Arnie. I think I think we could buckle up here for a so couple of So this is days. not gonna
1: be like uh the Patriots trading Jimmy G to the right. San Francisco for a second here's, round pick. Or something here's like that. here's your second round pick. <laughs> Enjoy him
0: for the rest of the way. Hey, can I Just get your take on one more thing before we break and get to your picks. Are you buying that Russell Wilson is on the block right now? Yes, I am. Absolutely,
1: 100%. Okay, where? Uh, Where is he going to go or who's interested in him? Either works. I I think, you know, I think there's about a good, like, four teams really, really interested. Maybe the rest just kind of want to feel it out. Um, Gosh, I... If I'm going to guess right now, I really feel like, you know, that the Giants want to move on, uh, move on from Danny Dimes. He'd be a great fit there, but I don't think he'd want to play there. I'm trying to figure out where he'd want to play. He'd probably want to play maybe in Miami, but. What about Washington? I'm not so sure he'd want to play there. Why but they're not? They're certainly
0: interested in, in having him. D.C., story franchise, new name, new image. I mean, if you're not too far from about anywhere right, in, in D.C. on that East Coast. So, what? and I think they'd be willing to do whatever it takes in order to get a quarterback. I think, Arnie, I truly believe this, I think Washington is the team that is being talked about in in trying to get Derek Carr. Right. I think Washington and Indy are the two teams that are big-time involved well, in doing whatever it takes to try to get so Carr from Vegas.
1: Do you believe then that Russell Wilson is going to leave Seattle, or are you not buying into that rumor? I'm
0: not buying that one
1: right now. Okay.
0: I I, I know you are, and I know you're all in, and I know you've been all in uh, basically since week eight. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You had him go. But I will say this. I think if he goes, and if they make a move, Arnie, if I'm Seattle, I call Houston. Like, hey, what's up? Deshaun Watson. Right. I don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. I know this is, again, apparently a big week. But if your Dolphins are out, And I I don't really see, I mean, maybe the Broncos make a phone call if things with Aaron Rodgers fall through, or maybe Green Bay makes a phone call if Aaron Rodgers moves on and they get a little capital and they can move that on to Houston. I don't know. It just, it seems like that's, as much as it's not forgotten, I feel like it's not being talked about very much about where he could inevitably end up in Deshaun Watson.
1: What about the trickle-down effect? We always talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Deshaun Watson, um, Russell Wilson. W- Baker Mayfield's going back to Cleveland, so that's right. not going to be a problem. Anybody else that we're missing here that, that could go ahead? To, we, we talked about Carr, but it doesn't look like he's leaving the Raiders, is he?
0: I don't know. I don't think so. But, you know, there's here, here's a, a quick
1: little side on on Carr. By the way, Minnesota man Kevin said Russell Wilson to the Vikings. <laughs> okay.
0: well Maybe. But... Are you? I mean, Kirk, Kirk Cousins has one more year left on his team, right? Yeah, and it's like thirty mil. It's ridiculous.
1: So I thought it was um, all the money in the world. I, yeah, bad. it's it's
0: ridiculous. But Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have said all the right things about Derek Carr so far, right? He's our guy. We're gonna we're gonna coach him up. How do we know that? I mean, they've they've been around him like twice. So I mean, it's just who's the first guy that's getting a raise for the Raiders? It's not Derek Carr. It's Max Crosby, and. I I just I don't know what to think about that, except the first thing that Josh McDaniels did whenever he took the Broncos job was trade away Jay Cutler. He's saying all the right things right now, but I don't know if what's going on behind the scenes, Arnie, might match what they're saying publicly. So that's why I'm not ruling out a car move. I wouldn't like it. I know Danny G would. But I just – I haven't quite ruled that out yet. I think they're very much in play for about any quarterback out.
1: Oh, and then I think there's a lot of teams that would like to pick up Carr. I think there would be a lot of inquiries to
0: to, to pick him up. All right, when we come back, let's wrap this bad boy up. Arnie's Picks will take us home next on Fox Sports Radio. Final segment for us, Big Ben Maller is coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Big week ahead. March Madness in full swing. So the crew has been engaged. Great stuff from Bobo on the wheels of steel. Danny G producing a great program. Thanks to Steve DeSager for the updates and the millions and millions of editors behind the scenes getting us all the great sound fun night. Uh, By the way, any chance Arnie Spanier watches a little bit more college baseball or maybe even some of the minors that they're going to be showing during the baseball lockout
1: or no? I may watch a little bit more college baseball, but not a whole heck of a lot. Do do you
0: want to hear the dumbest thing ever? What? You guys, I'm not kidding. The dumbest thing in the history of ever. You ready? Yeah. So they put the Oklahoma – well, there was a lot. of Oklahoma, LSU, Tennessee, Texas, UCLA, all were playing down in Houston. All right. They were playing at Minimade Park. So the MLB network was like, We we don't have anything going on. We'll put it on the MLB network, right? Guess what? They they, they blacked it out. Oh. It was still subject to Major League Baseball's
1: blackout rules. Oh, ridiculous. ridiculous. How can a co-
0: how can a college baseball game, Arnie, be subject to the uh, the major league baseball blackout rules.
1: I I don't, I don't even know how that works. How do they can, so they just make stuff up as they're going along.
0: I guess so. I guess so. So anyway, welcome to the dumbest thing you've ever heard in the history of ever MLB network, blacking out college games. That's what happened this weekend. All oh, right, maybe. we owe you picks. Take it away, stinking genius. What do you got for us this week? All right,
1: not a whole heck of a lot, but we start with Aaron Rodgers. He should be given his decision by Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, and when it's all said and done, it's going to be easier for him to go to the, back to the Green Bay Packers than do anything else. How many more years this guy got left? Does he really want to go to the Denver Broncos or start all over after the last couple of years he's had? His best chance of winning a Super Bowl is staying right where he is. So you're going to find out aaron Rodgers goes back to the green bay packers now major league baseball i've been saying this from the very start chris um there'll be no games in april they'll probably start up either may 1st or in that first week in may um the owners really don't care whatsoever congratulations to my arizona wildcats for winning the pac-12 championship uh this week when are the finals on that chris do you know I. Uh, Hold on, I've
0: got all of the tournament fields pulled up right here. The final is Saturday, March
1: 12th. Well, congratulations to my Wildcats for winning the Pac-12 championship, no doubt. We win it, and the Lakers, after beating Golden State, go on to win seven of their next nine to go ahead and show people they're ready to compete once the playoffs start. There you have my picks, two of them as you please. No longer strictly for entertainment purposes only.
2: Oh, clap, clap, clap,
0: clap, clap. clap. All right, well, let's ask um, a, a little bit deeper question. Yes. Who is Arizona playing in Saturday's finals? Oof. Either UCLA, USC, yeah. does a Washington State make a run, maybe no, a Utah?
1: No, 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 I think it's, it's probably going to be UCLA, though only three teams from the Pac-12 will make it. It'll be Arizona, UCLA, USC. I don't think Oregon's going to go ahead and get on it, so they got to make a run in the tournament.
0: Well, if they do, that would be at the expense of your Arizona Wildcats. Yes, yes. If Oregon makes a run. I think we're going to get a Duke-North Carolina rematch in the ACC Oof. championship game. I really do, and I think Duke's going to win it this time. I'll tell you what might be the best tournament is the SEC. The SEC's – Auburn's the one, and they have to play probably Florida in the second round. Arkansas's got to deal with LSU in its first game. Oh, They're wow. double-by. How about Tennessee and potentially Frank Martin in South Carolina and Kentucky, Alabama as a game that could end up being played if no one gets upset? Yeah, I'm I'm all in. I don't, I don't know what it is this week, Arnie. I'm all in on the uh, all in. I'm all in on the conference tournaments. Let's go! All right, my man. Have a good yes. week. You Congratulations too. Congratulations to your Arizona
1: Wildcats. Thank you, thank you, and, uh, thank well, you. Well,
0: well done for Bobo, for Danny G, for Steve DeSager, for Arnie Spanier. I'm Chris Plank. Big thanks to all of the hard workers behind the scenes, the millions and millions of editors. Everyone have a great week. Big Ben Maller See is coming ya. up next. Enjoy March Madness. This is Fox Sports Radio.